Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Brothers and sisters of the leaf, coming to you live once again from, well, all over the fucking place, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Tonight, the boys continue their seventh annual march to Halloween. Let's be honest here as always, folks, it's usually way more of a inebriated, intoxicated, only semi-coherent crawl to Halloween, as they discuss the sticky and gross 2003 film... Monsterd, while smoking the porcelain cigar from Black Label Trading Company, paired with a truly spectacular amount of tasty craft beers. A movie called Monsterd, paired with a porcelain cigar. I just got that, didn't, uh, oh, damn, these guys are good. So, uh, it sounds like we're in store for a boo-rific good time, folks. So sit back, light them up, and enjoy the show. Let me just take a sip from my special podcasting serum once again. Before we started, I poured my beer and I did something I haven't done in probably 50 episodes. I went to smell the, so I'd be able to comment on the aroma of the, the pour and man, took a big thing of beer right up my nose. Did a little bit of a Michael Irvin, did you? Uh, yeah. Woo. You'd think I wouldn't do that after all these years. Ah, welcome everyone. To the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, episode 147. 147. 147. Tonight is our seventh annual spooktacular drunken march to Halloween and boorific boozathon. It's continuing. We started, uh, what, this is our third entry into the yes. spooktacular drunken march to Halloween and boorific boozathon. I love the boorific Closer to 152. It seemed like the last show we did. Did you skip a few? It seemed like we were stuck on 144 for a while. Now we're, we're, we're 140. Uh, we, we, we've actually been in the one. We have not missed an episode, but we've officially been stuck in the 140s for about a year and a half. I don't know what's going on. But we're at 147? <laughs> uh, we're at 147, and we yeah. are marching, we're marching full speed ahead, Doctor, uh, or some shit like that. And I have a feeling we're going to have some fun with this one tonight, boys. Uh, you boys ready to flush all the nonsense of the day away and have some fucking fun? 
I'm ready to wipe this day clean. Y'all ready to drink some fucking beers? Yeah. I'm ready to plunge right into this. <laughs> Kate, Kate, yeah. I'm going to stop you right there. Since you mentioned beers and all. I'm ready to drink. Yak boy, don't tell me you've gone sober on us. I mean, <laughs> no. if, that, if that's the case, if that's the case, I'm proud of you, but you got to get the fuck out of here. Tut, close the Zoom window. No, no. <laughs> I, I'm proud of you, though. I'm proud of you. I, I would never do anything that crazy and get my life together or any crazy shit. Like, I think the tenure of our friendship has proven that. Okay, okay. Well, that's, I'm, I'm kind of relieved, to be honest, selfishly. Uh, okay, good, good. Well, so you told me you were going to do uh, uh, from Tup's Brewery Beer tonight. I, I went to the yeah. old TNCC website because I was uh, sure we had featured another Tup's recently. And sure enough, we did uh, last episode. Still in the 140s, but, you know, yeah. last episode. Yeah. Uh, Tuck drank the uh, uh, Oktoberfest from Tup's. Yeah, it was okay. very good. You usually go back and just see if we've done any breweries beers. Nothing crazy about that. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, sure. You know, it, it's wise to see if, you know, don't want to keep drinking these same beers. So, okay. well, while, while I was there on, on the website, I couldn't help but uh, read us uh, some write-ups of the beers we featured on last show and the, and the individual grades you assigned us. I thought you said you were going to do that ever again. You promised. I, n- I never said anything like that ever. I don't, I don't see that in writing. So where, where are you going with this? Uh, yeah, boy, we got a show to do. We got to move, keep things moving here. Well, I, you know, I, I couldn't help it as I read the reviews you did for our beers. All, all I do, all I have, as I said before, all I do is I, I take what you guys comment on the beers you're drinking. I put them into words and then based on how we all agreed, everyone's pairings did with the cigar and the film. I, I assign a grade. We've been over this. I don't know. I don't. Go ahead. Well, I, I well let, let me. I I happen to have a printout here. I just so I could refresh your memory and so I wouldn't get it wrong. Uh, she said uh, about Tut's beer, the McKinney Oktoberfest by Tups, which okay. is a barrier brewery. He says. Uh, as has been the rules for seven years now, any Oktoberfest beer has always come to the show on the show during the course of our march to Halloween. Unfortunately, Tut selected winter this evening. His Marzen style lager clocks in at five and a half percent. And Tut found it to be extremely crisp and a bit lighter than most Oktoberfests. Uh, we featured on the show previously and it paired nicely with tonight's Stogie. And by drinking this tasty beer out of this, out of his beautiful O'Brien's Oktoberfest stein, Tut gets a half point added to his overall pairing score. Exclamation point, by the way. Tut's pairing grade, C+. He got a C+. Okay. Yeah. After all that. It's better than what I've been getting lately. See? See, he's happy. And and like I said, anytime during the March Halloween somebody wants to do an Oktoberfest beer, it's always welcome. Absolutely. But I can only help him compare that to, say, the the Good Doctors beer review. Okay. Is it a... the Accused Amber Lager by Legal Draft Brewing. I remember, I remember he enjoyed it. He said, uh, also coming in at 5.5%, the Vienna style Accused Amber Lager features a malty aroma off the pour, and there's a slight sweetness to its overall profile that the doctor enjoyed quite a bit. And while he is currently unable to smoke cigars along with this, Doc thought that this beer would not overwhelm any cigar whatsoever. The doctor justified his pairing by mentioning that many heavy metal bands in the 1980s were accused of hiding subliminal satanic messages 
on their records when played backwards. And because we're indeed featuring a heavy metal movie tonight, that connection, as limp and sad as it may be, will be reflected in a score below. D+. Plus. I, I don't remember. Uh, did he describe that as limp and sad? Can we get some documentation on your grading system? Okay, well, moving on. I mean, oh, you know, I, I should really continue because mine, I mean, I got like, like maybe like half a sentence, you know, uh, says uh, Yaks beer, the Umbra by Bear Arms, German style, 5.2 Schwartz beer, pours ultra black and showcases some tasty roasted malts and all these things like Yaks be surprised by just how light and overall profile of beers. And yes, this black beer is being paired with our film, Black Roses. So there you go. Pairing score D minus. Okay. Was mine a D minus, Yaks, or just? No, yours was a D plus. You're actually a little bit up. B Yak boy. He had a really solid profile, and 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 he had a good thing here, and towards like how it connected to the movie, and and D D plus. Well, Cody, I can tell you, D plus isn't a grade they like to give out. They give out way fewer of those. They do D minuses. Ah. You know who gives out a really good grade? That would be good, good Cade there. Uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and look at what he wrote about his his beer. As he says here, I'm a big fan of the, of this delicious beer, the Yellow Rose Smash IPA by Lone Pint Brewing, coming in at 6.8 percent. The single malt, single hop IPA is a gorgeous pour, enticing aroma, and is so damn smooth that this IPA is paired spectacularly with every cigar I've ever saddled up with. And I'll offer this unsolicited opinion as well. The Yellow Rose is vastly superior in bottle form than served on draft. I don't know why that is, but it absolutely is. The Yellow Rose paired magnificently with the Desert Rose Cigar, as well as our movie Black Roses. That's a pairing trifecta that truly only a world-renowned pairing expert could dream of pulling off per the norm. I didn't just dream it, folks. I did it. Next time you're feeling down in the dumps, just remember that the world is four and a half billion years old and you managed to exist at the same time as me, the man who pairs beers, cigars, and films like no other sentient creature has in all of history. Lucky you. Oh, uh, excuse me. Uh, should finish over. Pairing grade A++. Uh, I, I said I I pair beer, cigars, and films like no other sentient creature. I said that? You did. Well, this is indeed embarrassing. Uh, these are talks that I, I would hope we could have before or after the show or maybe uh, call a TNCC band meeting and discuss. Uh, I actually want to commend you, yeah, boy, for calling me out on this tonight. I think I know where you're going uh, for here, and I agree 100%. After hearing, especially coming from someone else's voice rather than my own, uh, Tut clearly should have got a C- minus as opposed to a C plus, and I, I don't know what I was thinking there. So I will make the corrected uh, – I will go into the archives. I will correct, correct that. Sorry, Tut. I, I let it slide, and uh, your boy called you out on it. Um, but someone's lost the ear of the team. You're right. We got we got to get this we got to get this together. Yeah, gonna get on the plane home. You're All right, right. You're right Tut. Sounds to me like Cade's. Sounds to me like Cade's not taking the same bus home from the Travis Trick concert that we are. Uh, guys, I'm gonna own this. I own it, and I'm gonna get better. 
and I, I'm going to take responsibility for the way I run things around here. Doctor, as far as your uh, inquiry about my, my grading system, uh, I, will, I will address that with you in private if that's okay. No, it isn't really. Never. Um, oh, and let's, let's be 100% clear about something. The band never rode on Travis Truitt's bus. Well, he had his he had his own bus. Kind of ruined my metaphor there, but whatever. <laughs> I just didn't want to spread any false Travis Tritt rumors. Interesting. He had his own bus, huh? Uh, now there's a sentient creature, the likes of which we haven't seen. Uh... Anyway, uh, I will. I, I will. Uh, I, I I appreciate all of this, Yak Boy. Oh, I'm glad you do. Todd, if you could go ahead and shut down his Zoom square for the rest of the night, I'd appreciate it. Oh, yeah, yeah. As soon as my C-minus tech ass can find it, I mean, it'll be fine. Oh, God. I, I've got no allies now. Uh, welcome, welcome everybody, to the, to the party. Right. It's going to be a great one. I hope you're happy to be here. Uh, well. Would smoking a good cigar, might hopefully, and drinking a bunch of beers get you guys to forgive me? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. I'm, 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 you know, the dry smell off of this thing. The dry smell. Uh, the, the dry nose smell. Uh, man, I think this is going to pair well with our movie because this smells like manure. <laughs> uh, we call that rodeo stuff. It is definitely rodeo, rodeo. stuff. All kinds of rodeo stuff in this. Uh, the other cigar reviewers get fancy and call it barnyard. Yax, what did he say about me again? My limp and flaccid? Not, limp you, and not you. Not you. You're pairing. No, he said you were limp and sad last week. No, that's uh, not. Flaccid pairing. Oh, wow. The foot of the cigar. Not that I want to move on rapidly. Uh, boy, it really does have a strong horseshit smell on the, on the foot. Smell the foot directly. It does. It's... It does. Mm. I'm not getting it so much from the the wrapper itself, but when you smell that foot, yeah, I'm getting strong notes of rodeo stuff. And uh, you always like to say uh, some alfalfa as opposed to uh, hay. When I say hay, you say alfalfa. Sure. It's got some alfalfa. Uh, Yeah, not a lot discernible. I love the the really tight little cap that's uh, wound on this thing. I guess I should introduce the scars so people know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That would be advisable, yes. Ladies and uh, germs, the first subject tonight, as you know, every episode, we pair a premium cigar expertly. All four of us do a great job of pairing that cigar with a craft beer. And uh, we pair them both expertly, all four of us, with a feature film. And the first subject up for debate tonight is the cigar. It is the Deliverance Porcelain by Black Label Trading Company, the Porcelain. It is a five and a half by 48, considered a Corona Gorda, a uh, Connecticut wrapper, Nicaraguan Habano binder with Nicaragua and USA filler. Guess where the USA filler comes from, boys? What state? USA? What state? Connecticut. Wrong. No. Pennsylvania? I was like only... Three, two other choices. Yeah, Pennsylvania. Yes. You got it, Pennsylvania. Uh, this cigar made its debut at the 2018 IPCPR trade show, now PCA trade show, and we were there. And I remember briefly we chatted with the Black Label folks a little bit about the cigar, 
as a Connecticut offering is somewhat out of their traditional wheelhouse. Uh, Black Black Label is known for a lot of strength and spice and yeah. dark, scary cigars. And this is very much so, at least in appearance, not that. Uh, I actually acquired tonight's cigars way back in March 2020. So these puppies have been residing and resting in my humidor for about a year and a half now, if not longer. You see, boys, tonight's movie wasn't available to stream until just recently. So the, the cigars and myself had to be patient, very, very patient, because I knew in my heart of hearts, there's no other movie for the porcelain cigar than tonight's movie. So we had to wait. And tonight the wait is over. Wonder what grade will give himself for that. Huh, really? So you, you were you were looking, waiting for this movie to come out? Yeah, I'll explain a little bit more about uh, how long this film has been on my and the doctor's radar uh, when we get to the film. But in the meantime, uh, it's a beautiful looking cigar. It's a very silky uh, wrapper, very smooth when you run your hands down it. Uh, I'm going to try to tear off this little cap, but oh, I did, and it was nice. Yeah, it, it came right off. Dude, that twisted right off. I don't think I'm going to have to cut anything. Okay, love it when that happens. Um, as we light up, Yak Boy, as always, seen as how he is the co owner and head bartender at O'Brien's Irish Pub in downtown historic Temple, Texas, he is going to use his expert knowledge to tell us a little bit. In the old days, we'd all drink the same beer. We'd all gather together around the table, drink the same beer, compare notes. We don't get to do that right now because of the whole shit show America's in. But we all go out and get four different beers on our own. And then we talk about them and see at the end of the night, there are no losers. There's no bad grades. Nobody comes out on top. Uh, Nobody's selection is better than anybody else's. Um, Of course not. During the show, I, I deal with that later. Um, but, yeah, boy, I'm going to let you pick whose beer you want to introduce first. Real quick, though, Ty, you lit up impressions of the cigar. Uh, it's, not the, it's not the big spice pepper bomb that would normally associate with Black Works or Black Label. Uh, it's nice. Uh, it, there's, a little, there's a little bit of it, but there's also a little, little bit of uh, leather across that palate. Uh, there's some spice on the retro, but there's almost like a, it's almost like a ginger or something, not ginger, uh, but there is, there's some sort of cooking spice that's in, in that retro hill that's really nice as well. Okay. But now, so the far, cold, the cold draw was very leathery. So okay. far it's really light, nice. Uh, I'm, I'm a little hesitant about my beer with this, so I want to hold off for a little bit okay uh yak boy go ahead and tell us about somebody's beer i uh, will do that we'll start with actually since Ted spoke up we'll start with him also because it's just a cool name the scout chocula from ingenious brewing out of humble texas the stout chocula of course is a it's a so it is stout indeed, is 10%. Whoa. And 40 IBU. So there you go. Does it indeed taste like chocolate cereal or is it very chocolatey? I was going to ask if this is, is this a play on, on Count Chocula cereal, which I currently have yeah. three. 
three boxes in my pantry. Yeah, it's supposed to be. They got a little cartoon vampire on there holding up a little sifter of a of the deal. Uh, no, no, it's not chocolatey. Uh, it's a hint of chocolatey. It tastes mm. mainly like a main style bitter imperial style. Uh, uh, the ABV at ten percent. It tastes a little bit medicinal. So I mean. Right now, I'm not too impressed with it, to be honest. You sound terribly unimpressed with it. Yeah. Uh, how do you name your beer? I mean, something like Stout Chocula. you think it'd be yummy chocolate stuff. Is it Stout? Oh, Stout Chocula is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And it doesn't taste anything like Count Chocula cereal. No, they should have made it closer to a to a uh, traditional milk stout, yeah. and they just they failed. Okay. Is that medicinal aspect affecting uh, the cigar oil? Um, I don't really know because I'm trying to give it enough space. Uh, my guess is that yes. But I think mainly it's also the, the leftover sweetness from the style. They get, that kind of hangs on the palate a little bit too much. And I don't like, I don't, this cigar is giving me some nice stuff. I don't want to run it with that. Okay. Um, well, that doesn't mean I'm not going to drink the damn thing. I know. I, I, I hear you. <laughs> um, I will say this. I'm getting uh, a really nice spice uh, on the nose after lighting up. And uh, that leather is full force there yeah. on the on the draw. It's even got a little bit of coffee behind it. Um, a little light kind of coffee note behind the leather. Um, but man, that, that spice is really nice. And Todd, I, I agree with you. There's something else there and you're right. It's not ginger, but it is, it, it is a, a specific, maybe it'll come to us, but there is something else going on with the, just kind of the, the pepper spice through the nose. Yeah. Uh, but that spice is really playing nice with the leather and that coffee so far. It's enjoyable. Okay. Yeah, boy. Who's next? Let's uh, let's roll on with the good doctor. He's having from Revolver Brewing the Texas Toast Dirty Blonde Ale. Okay. Which I hope I got the right one because I was trying to find it. I kept finding like a Texas Toast Amber Ale type thing, and that one's but this is clearly a blonde ale. So it comes in at like five percent, five point three percent. I couldn't find anything on the IBUs. Of course, Revolver Brewing is uh, located in uh, Granbury, Texas. And Granbury. we have Granbury. Uh, we had featured, of course, their, their flagship beer, the Blood and Honey, or uh, back on uh, episode 129 when we uh, reviewed the uh, Daniel Marshall 38th anniversary Fuente blend. Did we do the Blood and Honey? I did. Oh, you did. Okay. Because we were still, we were, we were separated. So they're all. Oh, okay. I was like, man, I've had that beer once and hated it. I, I'll ne- I would never have gone there again. Okay. Yeah. It's very popular though. A lot of people love it. It is. And I figured I'd give it a shot. I mean, I didn't figure, I didn't figure it would, it would do anything to overpower the cigar or interfere with it considering it was a very nice cigar. Uh, and you this evening are drinking First from... Real quick, real quick, real quick, Yex. Doctor, do you like it? Uh, nothing really remarkable about it so far. 
Um, you know, pretty much everything you expect from a from a blonde ale, not not real hoppy. Uh, can almost see a toast kind of, toasty kind of taste to it, but nothing. A Texas, a Texas toast. Yeah, nothing super remarkable about it. Okay. Okay. Like would you say Dairy Queen Texas toast? Would you say it's more of a Sonic Texas toast or a Dairy Queen Texas toast? I'd say more kind of a homemade Texas toast. I don't know if anybody makes that at home. Nobody, nobody does that. I meant the kind you put in your toaster. Oh, the actual piece of toast. Yes. Okay. Well, I guess technically that is Texas toast if you live in Texas. Uh-huh. Okay. Fair enough. All toast in Texas is Texas that, toast. That uh, will be reflected in my score. Well, go ahead and put this down then. I chose a dirty blonde ale because I thought this was a dirty movie. Uh, and there are hints of brown in the can. And I'm sure that is a limp and sad association. But you know what, Tut? I couldn't get good shit. Hey, you shit in there. That's pretty good. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm glad to see we're, we're moving on from the ugliness that Yag Boy brought in the, the opening segment. Oh, no, we're not moving on. Uh, yeah, we are. Uh, who's next, Yag Boy? That would be you. Ooh. From uh, You have chosen a Tup's beer, the Evil Dankster IPA. I think tonight's movie involves something very evil, and they spend a lot of time down in the dank sewer. So the Evil Dankster IPA hits uh, hits on hits home on a lot of pairing notes there. Evil Dankster rolls in at, at uh, 7%. I couldn't find it. Once again, I couldn't find anything on the IBUs. Is it, does it seem really hoppy? Medium? Uh, higher than I'd, I'd put it close to 60, probably. Okay. Uh, those dank, okay. The, the dank IPAs seem, seem to be a little bit higher than the hazies um, in the middle of the road, the, the West Coasts. Uh, yeah, I'd say close to 60. It's got a really nice... There's no aroma to it. That's why when I stuck my nose in it before the show and got beer at my nose, I was trying so hard to smell. There's zero aroma, but uh, I mean, it's just kind of a middle middle of the road IPA taste. Uh, no malts. It's just got a really nice uh, hop bitter profile, but nothing uh, crazy. Uh, it's pairing just fine with the the cigars proving to be for a, a black label cigar an extremely kind of mild endeavor so far that. Uh, Despite that spice, it's it's playing nicely with that. Um, yeah, I don't I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's just, it's just, it's a it's an it's okay IPA. Uh, which I've yet to have anything from Tups that I that I didn't like. So, and I know you uh, Tut really liked the the McKinney Oktoberfest last week from Tups, and yeah, um, I've enjoyed their, their Juice Box IPA and some other stuff they've done. So. Yeah, it's good. It's it's uh it's a it's a nice middle of the road IPA that, that gives you a, a nice little bitterness. Uh, yeah, thumbs. So far, it's working out good. And by the way, are you are you guys with me on a cigar? Like, other than that retro spice with that element that we still haven't pinned down. I mean, it's really just a nice leather and and coffee profile on the draw. And that, that's I don't know what I was expecting. It's a Connecticut cigar. I was just. I guess your mind is so adapted to expecting certain things from certain manufacturers. I, was, I kept waiting. Yeah. To, this will be the Connecticut with a twist. No, it's just it's just smoking like a really nice Connecticut. Yeah, I'm I'm more towards the leather with a with a touch of cedar on it. I think the the beer is blasting any coffee away. 
Uh, I'm going more uh, leather cedar, dominated by the leather, though. Yeah, it's very leather heavy. Uh, construction so far is beautiful burn line, uh, smooth draw without even cutting the damn uh, head of the cigar. Just tore off that little thing. It's a uh, it's very nice burning smoke and a very pleasure, uh, very enjoyable profile. Just uh, mellow, to say the least. Uh, well, that leaves you, Yak Boy. What the hell are you drinking? Hell is right. Hella hot. Hella, Hella hot. hot. West Coast style IP, also from the wonderful Tufts Brewery. Well, oh, okay. Tufts getting some love. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Hella Hop uh, coming in at 6.6% ABV, 50 IBUs. I would say that 50 is right in there. It's very in the middle, not just enough bitterness, hoppiness right there, but not really killing it. Of course, I went with this because the some of the primary locations for the film tonight was all of them were, of course, in California, but one of them was in Hopland, California. So I was really? like, well, Hopland, I need a West Coast style IPA. Hey. Full of hops. I'm making note of that for your uh, pairing grade there. Well done, my friend. Hey, uh, yeah, uh, well, I'll get back to you one sec. Ty, you didn't tell us why you picked. How does your beer tie into the film tonight? It's got a vampire on it. It's it's October. Okay. Okay. That works. That works. <laughs> uh, Yax, how how is the Hella Hopped? Is it treating you nice? It is. It's really good. I'm. I was thinking it was going to be a lot, a lot more hoppy, but like I said. This is them doing a West Coast style IPA, so but I doubt they use as much hops as an actual West Coast IPA. Uh, I'd still definitely re- prefer it over a what do they call the East Coast IPAs? The um, the New England, the New Englands. I hate those. Those those are there's like no hops in those. They're just kind of a bunch of it's nonsense. It's pale ale. It's a weak pale ale. It's a very weak pillow. Okay. Uh, and that, that should pair very well, I would think, with the cigar. Uh, I haven't asked you, is everything we're saying on the cigar copacetic with you, Yaks, as far as the spice, nice spice through the nose? Are you able to detect what that is on the back end of that retrohale? That, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I've heard y'all, and I'm like, yeah, there's something there. I, I'm kind of the same way. I think about halfway through, it, my brain's going to click, and I'm going to be like, oh, this whole time. Is it nutmeg? Is it nutmeg? It's something like Tut said with Christmas cookies. <laughs> it's not it's cinnamon. cinnamon. It's cinnamon toast. Cinnamon Texas toast. Cinnamon Texas toast. Uh-huh. That's correct. Well, Tut, you mentioned we've been doing a lot of Tufts beers and shining their praises lately. So I'd like to take a minute real quick to talk about our newest sponsor of the show, Tufts Brewery. All right. No, no. Although that'd be, that'd be awesome. Uh, but no, uh, speaking of, these cigars we're smoking, I would like to take a moment to talk about someone who makes some really flavorful ones. You know who that is, Ted? Uh, our friends at Drew Estate. Our good friends over at Drew Estate. Yeah. And one of their most flavorful offerings in their vast portfolio is the Herrera Steli Miami. Crafted by Level 9 Cuban Rollers at the famed El Titan de Bronze on Cali Ocho, the Herrera Steli Miami line is expertly rolled with a lavish Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper. Over a rich, 
Ecuadorian Sumatran binder with select fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. The new look of Herrera Steli Miami features rich black and gold packaging. is available in five sizes. This tasty cigar is now available at Drew Diplomat retailers everywhere. So go get you some. All right, folks, we have introduced the cigar. We've introduced the beers. So far, two of us like our beers, two of us ho-hum on our beers. Actually, Doctor was ho-hum, flat out, sounds like he didn't like it. Um, But at 10%, maybe by the second one, you'll be feeling different. We'll see. That'll be fun to watch. Uh, That leaves us one thing left to introduce, tonight's film. 2003's Monstered. Not monster, monstered. This is a film that the doctor and I remember discussing almost 20 years ago. Uh, I'm sure I saw it in an issue of Fangoria magazine in the chopping list as far as new releases coming out. Um, this is one I don't believe popped up on the shelves at Blockbuster for obvious reasons. Uh, it's kind of hard to have a a DVD box with a, a a monster made of shit on the cover uh, with kids going around shopping. So we never saw it, but we always wanted to see it. And then uh, doctor reminded me, I, I actually, when Netflix used to send out DVDs, he said that I called him. I'm like, Hey, I finally got monstered in the mail. And like a lot of Netflix DVDs, I, I ended up not watching it and sending it back. And so I'd never seen it. But the minute that Blackworks came out with this porcelain cigar, I'm like, oh, porcelain. That's got to go with the Monstered movie. But it's never been streaming until now. So so anyway, the world's finally collided. Uh, it finally came available for streaming the last few months. I've got these gorgeous porcelain cigars just waiting to be smoked. Everything, the, the stars aligned, and here we are, boys. Stars aligned. Or some shit like that. Okay. The movie was co-written and co-directed by the Coen brothers. No, no, of course it wasn't. <laughs> I, I'm joking. Uh, it, was, it was made by two dudes named Rick Popko and Dan West, who you may know from their other feature film, 2008's Retard Dead. Yeah, yeah no, no, I can't say as I do. Or from their starring roles in 2003's Rectuma. A comedy of astronomical proportions, where a man named Waldo Williams is infected by a Mexican butt-humping bullfrog, and soon his butt grows a mind of its own, as well as 20 feet in size, and terrorizes Los Angeles. I haven't seen that one, but it certainly looks astounding. Uh, Look, look, look. We don't usually tackle a lot of monster movies during our March to Halloween, traditionally. So I thought I'd just try to squeeze one out here. Um, If it stinks, it stinks, you know. What dignity I have left. (laughs) There's going to be nothing on the roll after this. Oh. After some opening credits where the titles actually appear as if they're written with feces on the screen, we then cut to a tiny cottage in the woods where a little girl's having trouble sleeping. She asks her doofus dad to tell her a bedtime story, but he says, hey, I'm always the one telling bedtime stories around here. Why don't you tell me one for a change? She agrees, but warns him that it's really scary. 
And this sets up what will be our occasional narrator for the entire film. This little girl telling the highly detailed story of the monster to her father. And so she begins to tell the tale of the hardworking people of Butte County, California. Am I saying that right, Yax? Butte, or is it but? It's Butte. Okay. okay. Which is the name of an actual town in Montana. Yeah, yeah, I thought that's. I, I missed that this was supposed to be California. I thought it was uh, Montana. But it didn't, slip, it didn't slip past me that it was spelled B-U-T-T-E. Turns out that just outside of town, at the Dutec Laboratories complex, some people, some bad people, were being very bad, as the little girl says. Yes, Dutec. It's D-U-T-E-C-H, but it's pronounced do-tech like, like doo-doo. What the fuck am I getting myself into? The evil Dr. Stern, with his white lab coat and wireframe glasses, has been using do-tech resources to create some truly horrible things, she says. Mutant creations that he hoped to sell to the government for a tidy profit. And you know do-tech laboratories is legit, because... They have a massive periodic table of the elements on the wall in one of the labs. Doctor. Oh, that's what matters. Doctor, when you saw that, legit. Any any good lab is going to have a periodic table of the elements on the wall. And, Doctor, this scene must have given you a raging boner with all those lab coats, safety goggles, centrifuges, and microscopes. You must have been just all giddy as hell. Eh, I mean... You know, safety goggles is kind of, you know, I mean, maybe you need them, maybe you don't. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. The Tuesday Night Cigar Club is pro-safety goggles. In today's litigious society, wear your safety goggles, kids. Wear your safety goggles. Hey, don't force goggles on my kids. That's Matt Cade saying that, not me. Some call me the safety salamander when it comes to goggles. <laughs> my kid was in lab class the other day, and I marched up to the sign. I was like, get those damn goggles off my kids. <laughs> she can't breathe with those things on. Any any good lab is going to have a periodic table elements on the wall, safety goggles, a centrifuge, and other assorted paraphernalia. Hey, what about an eyewash station? Can I have that? Yes, you do. Thank you, Doc. If somebody like yourself is anti-goggle, then you've got to have an eyewash station. I've done my own research. They don't need them. When you're doing experiments, they don't need those goggles. I've got some YouTube videos I'll send you. I'm just not going to argue with you. I mean, it's your choice if you want to be anti-goggle. As for me, as a man of science, I'm goggled up all the time. I'm in the lab. All right, Dr. Fauci. But on a serious note. Honorable man and a good scientist. He certainly is. And I'm not saying that in jest. Uh, and I am I am pro goggle. My kids wear goggles in the pool. They wear them in the laboratory. They they even wear them at dinner sometimes. Taco Tuesday can be a real scene at my house, and I I, I make them goggle up. All right, I'm going to make you honorary safety salamander for tonight's show. Thank you. Uh, but on a serious note. Yes, this is an extremely low budget monster movie, but one of the areas that it rises above the rim, if you will. Mm. Is it 
is in its use of locations. This refinery location is great and is totally believable. Later on, the prison, the helicopter pad, the sewer, and especially those massive underground caverns, they all work really, really well. I could cool, cool, cool locations can really elevate an independent film and make it far less shitty. But they can be a real pain in the ass to get access to. So kudos to the filmmaking team here for getting it. They got a lot of cool locations in this film. You can roll your eyes all you want, Tut. That is undeniable. They did have some cool locations. I can agree to that. Absolutely. I'd love to have these locations for a film. All I ever get is like, hey, my mom's got a real estate agency you can use. Okay, great. Anything else? Like, eh, That's all we came up with. Okay, I'm making a movie that takes place at a 50-year-old lady's desk at a real estate office. You guys wonder why I retired from filmmaking. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not going to shit on the location. I'd give my left nut for a cavern location like this place. I guess the underground stuff was was well done. The lab was a reasonable facsimile. You could have, uh, no pun intended, you could have doctored up a lab just about anywhere with the right equipment. I, I thought I was impressed by all the locations they, they had. Uh, what I'm getting from Tut here is you you can't polish a monster. What's <laughs> coming? Meanwhile, at the Hardell Maximum Security Prison, man, this place is a real shithole, right? It's stuck. Convicted serial killer Jack Schmidt has escaped and he's on the run. He created an obvious makeshift dummy of himself and put it under the blankets in his cell bed. And I thought the prison guard repeatedly shaking it and talking to it. Dude, it's like a, a ball of newspaper with a fake mustache drawn on it. He's like, come on, Schmidt, let's move. <laughs> it like takes him forever to, I don't know. I thought it was funny. Uh, it was, I, I will agree with you. Thank you. Yeah, boy. The warden Jack Schmidt though, his name should have been like, Something brown, you know. I don't know what you make there, but uh, yeah. obviously Jack, Jack Schmidt, Jack shit, it's close. I, no, I get it. I, I just thought, you know, uh, I guess you can't call him Doo Doo Brown, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway. Uh, the warden alerts FBI headquarters in Sacramento, and Agent Susan Hannigan, the agent who originally apprehended Jack Schmidt, she's on the case now. Shouldn't be too hard to find this putz, as we see him repeatedly tripping over himself as he tromps through the woods. Uh, he's kind of a, cl- a clumsy guy. Back over at Dutech Laboratories, right after Dr. Stern and his female colleague make a startling discovery with DNA replicating at an astounding rate of frequency on one of their microscope slides. Doctor, did I use that right? Microscope slides? Uh, sure, yeah. And they actually show us the cells replicating in the thing. A lot of cheap, low-budget movies don't show what they're seeing in the microscope. They actually showed us something. And I'm really going to bat for this movie. Uh, there you are. I'm letting you. I'm letting you swing for the fence, man. Well, something goes horribly wrong, and as alarm sound and scientists flee for their lives, Stern's female colleague gets her whole body somehow covered in shit and dies. So he just shoves her in a toxic material drum as nothing is going to get in the way of his evil experiments. 
Jeez, what a shithead, right? You always need to keep around a good uh, supply of empty toxic drums. You never know what you're going to do. Doctor, that leads me to my question. Have you ever gone to similar lengths during the course of your research projects? Have you ever shoved some colleague into a giant drum of toxic waste to not damper your progress? Sure, I'm not aware of any such activity, nor would I be disposed to admit to such activity if, in fact, they did exist. That would make me a real shithead. A dumb dumb shit is what you'd be. I, I kind of say you up there and you passed. Good job, doctor. Well, Dr. Stern and his assistant, Timmy, then dry. You can tell because the guy has a, nick, a name tag on it just says Timmy. They drive the toxic hey, waste drum. Have a name tag. They drive the toxic waste drum in the back of a pickup truck to a residential neighborhood where they pull up in front of a house and just dump it down a sewer drain while wearing hazmat suits. Nothing suspicious about that. When Timmy questions his boss, Dr. Stern says he would never pour his life's work down the toilet. What they're doing here by dumping this is research. And speaking of valuable research, boys, I'd like to take a moment to talk about something very cool, Cigar World. Cigar World's an online site for cigar smokers. There you can get cigar news, reviews, and a lot more. Also on the site is a cigar research panel called the Testing Lab. Dude, a laboratory, like tonight's movie. You could sign up to give your input on new cigars by taking surveys and testing cigars. Check it out at cigarworld.com forward slash testing lab. We got all sorts of research going on tonight, don't we? That should they make you wear safety glasses in there? Again, I am pro goggles. Um, my my grandfather actually uh, paid the ultimate price. He stood up for. He was a pro goggle guy back in the '60s, and he paid the ultimate price for it. So I, I don't take that shit lightly. He was at Kent yeah. State. He was, at, he was at Kent State. Not, not when all those people got ki- killed. He, he was at Kent State telling people to wear goggles. <laughs> well, they did science experiments. And they laughed at him. And he, did they throw things in his eyes? But no, he, he was okay because he had goggles on? He, he just quit going there. And that was the ultimate price. Don't you bring up goggles again. It's very sorry. Just take a minute. Take a sip of my calming juice. It's a good idea. So as the manhunt continues for Jack shit, Jack Schmidt, agent Susan Hannigan arrives at the local police station where she introduces herself to the donut chomping Sheriff Duncan. Yeah. Sheriff Duncan. There, you're right there. You I, don't can't, know, I don't know where they come up with their character development, but it's. it's you really can't good. tell it here, boys, but mainly because he won't take the giant jelly donut out of his mouth when he introduces himself to her, or throughout the entire scene for that matter. But there's going to be some romantic sparks between these two. You just wait and see. Just wait and see. You, folks at, you folks at home are just going to wait and see. I'm not shitting you, X. I'm not shitting you. Uh. This is actually a little slow-burning cigar for me. Uh, how about you, Ted? I, I'm just now getting into the second third. Uh, yeah, I would say so. I think I might, might be a little past you. I'm I've, been, I've been nursing it. I'm, I'm just now coming about halfway. 
I am getting the cedar you mentioned earlier, Tut, on the retro behind the spice. I'm getting that spice on the front of the retro with the cedar on the back end. And then I'm still getting that really nice leather component on the draw with the real faint coffee on the back end. I think you might be right. I think your beer might be killing your chances of getting coffee in this thing. Yeah. Uh, are you getting anything close to what I said, Yak Boy? Uh, I can definitely have, I can pick up a little bit of that coffee component. Uh, I mean, primarily it's, it's like you said, there's that little, there's that spice, the coffee, that touch of coffee. I am getting a very, it's just a very strong leather on that draw for me right now. Yeah. But I'm hoping it's going to change up. Like I said, I'm just now coming about halfway. I do like that. I do like that the spice has not dialed down. Um, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's as strong as it was in the beginning. And that's, I, that's kind of where I need it. And that's playing really nicely with my, my IPA, um, U2EX. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, meanwhile, uh, Jack Schmidt has fled down into the sewer tunnels beneath Butte County and law enforcement is in hot pursuit as they follow him down there. Hot Pursuit, boys. 147 episodes straight. I've used it. One of the deputies tells a U.S. Marshal there's some real shit down here. No shit. We're in a sewer, Brainiac, she says. No, no, no. I'm talking about shit shit, he says. I'm talking about green, steamy, slimy shit. Sounds like he may have stumbled across Dr. Stern's freshly dumped research. Am I right, Ted? Yes. (laughs) Well, they soon find Jack Schmidt. And they pull their guns on him. Eat shit, piggies, he says as he char- as he roars as he charges at them with a knife. And they proceed to fill him full of lead. Well, she does anyway. As one of the shells, I've never seen this in a movie. As she shoots him, one of the shells discharges out the side of her automatic pistol and hits the deputy in the face, and he goes down. Have you yeah, ever in a movie? No, I've and I, I I think I had to mis- double I had to double check to see what was going on. I think it was a mistake. I think it was a prop pistol, but they still discharge. Yeah. The, the blanks still discharge <laughs> shells. I think it was a mistake. I think that shell hit that actor in the face and he went down. I've never seen that happen in a movie before. Hey, monster breaking cinematic ground, breaking the rules. I missed that shit. Well, Deputy Dipshit uh, drops to the ground in pain. I think it's actually the actor dropping to the ground in pain. Jack Schmidt falls down into a giant tank filled with sewer water, and you guessed it, the doctor's green, slimy goo. Schmidt's skin burns, and his face is covered with brown matter as he screams and shouts and swears revenge before we know, and before we know it, he's nothing more but a bubbling skeleton in an orange prison uniform. Why would it completely dissolve his flesh and everything his muscles but why does that prison uniform stay intact in that shit we don't know what those prison uniforms are made of i always wonder that i'm sure we've covered this before whenever somebody throws acid on somebody at a bottle why doesn't the acid dissolve the container it dissolves steel and metal why doesn't it dissolve the container it's in because it's well that's how the only way they store it is something that acid can't dissolve yeah, but that Bruce Willis space movie, that shit that could burn through steel, they kept in a big plastic jug. Anti-acid jug. Exactly. Oh. oh, okay. Science. That doesn't sound like bullshit at all. 
you just put anti in front of it, it's got to be good. Yeah, it's like in the original 1966 Batman movie with Adam West when he had the bat repellent on his utility belt. The shark repellent. Yeah. Yeah. Anti-shark repellent. I mean, that's, that's it. Anti-acid mm-hmm. container. You know what? You guys are you guys are uh, firing on all cylinders tonight. A couple of guys who ended up with D's got to spell it out for the guy. Am I right, X? <laughs> now who's stupid? Look, I'm going to revisit. I never said you guys are stupid. I'm going to revisit. It was a computer error. It was a computer error that I'm going to address and, and correct. Mm-hmm. I don't even see those scores when I put them, when I put out the episode bait. I don't even see the scores. I thought you guys were getting straight A's. I don't even look at that stuff. All right, we'll have to take your word for it, I guess. Uh, yeah, the axe said it. That's what everybody's going to do. That night, Dr. Stern and Timmy break into the sewage treatment plant to get rid of the evidence of their research dumping. They shoot a poor late shift worker in the neck with a sleeping dart and start dumping the holding tank that Jack Schmidt melted back in uh, back into the main sewer line that feeds the whole city. Uh-oh, right, Yax? That could favorite. be trouble. The next morning, we, giant, we join Sheriff Duncan over at the local diner where he's drinking coffee and eating donuts. He tells the waitress the word has it around town that she's a shoe-in for first place at the upcoming chili cook-off, but she's not so sure. She says that rumor has it Cajun Charlie's whipping up a batch of his ass-kicking bow bomber chili con carne, but the sheriff assures her Cajun, Carly, he ain't, Cajun Charlie ain't got nothing on her. She tells the sweet-talking lawman that flattery will get him everywhere and asks him to take a dozen glazed old-fashioned donuts with him on the house as she's sure the deputies Dan and Rick will appreciate them. How about you sit on my face and make me look like a glazed donut, Sheriff Duncan asks. Anytime, honey, she smiles. I mean, how could she resist this guy, am I right? <laughs> what do you think the efficacy of that line would be in the real world? What do you say you sit on my face and turn me into a glazed donut? Oh, about a fine of 10 to 20 after you get charged with the harassment? What if I said it at Urban Meyer's Pine House in Dublin, Ohio? Uh, you probably go home with some. <laughs> at 2 a.m. You're going home with the waitress. Oh, that's nothing. I was thinking, like, what happens if I say it in the gym at 4.30 p.m.? Mine's <laughs> a little more daring. Just, just totally out of context? There's no donuts around at all? What do you say? You uh, After you're done doing those lap pull-downs, what do you say? You sit on my face and glaze me a donut. <laughs> hey, we'd bail you out, buddy. We'd bail you out. I can't get arrested for that. I mean, they could throw me out of the gym and tell me not to come back. That can't be against the law, right? I don't know anymore. I'm going to have goggles on. Uh, You got goggles on. Okay. I'd hope if a a strange gym chick was going to straddle your face and glaze it, you'd put some goggles on. You're, You're a man of science. I mean, the goggles are optional at my gym, but I always wear them. But the most important takeaway from this pivotal scene in the film isn't that the coffee shop waitress is apparently an intense squirter and possibly prone to having frequent yeast infections. <laughs> it's that the town has a huge chili cook-off coming up, and that's an essential plot point in any legitimate creature feature or sometimes a monster movie of this nature. Am I right, Doctor? Uh, you are. I'm sorry. I'm recovering from your latest comment. Yeah, yes, you are correct. There is always- uh, about the about the chili cook-off, not the yeast infections. Yes, you, <laughs> you are correct. 
and in pretty much any creature feature, there is always some kind of a uh, 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 <laughs> there's always there's always some kind of get together, some kind of a uh, town cook off, some sort of a uh, uh, county fair, uh, a, a regatta of some sort, a regatta, big time on the regattas. There's always a a huge happening that's going to bring in all the townspeople and everyone from around that the local politicos uh, will will not cancel at any cost. Uh, and we'll get to the local politicos a little bit later. Uh, Agent Hannigan was able to take a sample of the sewage that killed Jack Schmidt prior to Dr. Stern covering his tracks. And her lab guy's analysis back at the FBI discovers that it contains a multicellular bacteria. Bacteria, she says, she can't believe this. Really? You can't believe there's bacteria down in the sewer? In the sewer? Bacteria? And it appears to have crossbred with chromosomes from Jack Schmidt's body. This is no natural occurrence, he says. The outcome of an organism like this could be catastrophic. The FBI scientist says as he leans back from the microscope and begins eating a chocolate pudding cup. You know, because chocolate pudding looks like dookie, and that's kind of what this movie does. Oh, and while those nerds are busy staring through microscopes, a poor sewage worker just trying to earn an honest living becomes the first victim of the monster. When a sewer worker of all people says, good God, it stinks down here. You know, it stinks. (laughs) Uh, Man, I can't get over how impressive those maintenance sewer tunnels were. Whatever location they got here was awesome. I'm sure some other movies, this is out in California. I'm sure some other movies we've watched have been shot down in these tunnels. Uh, not not after Monstered. I'm sure they shut it down after Monstered. Uh, hey, can we use those? Sure. And uh, we we don't you let people do stuff down there anymore. They were they were serviceable. They didn't they didn't knock my socks off. Yeah, but I'm now I'm going to side with Kate on the on just on the sewer tunnel stuff because I, I mean either that cost them or they had a friend. I mean you just don't get that kind of a location on this kind oh, of I thought you were saying like either that cost them like they dug those tunnels that didn't cost them a penny they found a place they could use and ran in there and shot their scenes when nobody was around I, I think <laughs> that, that, that could be the case with all these locations they just went up to an oil refinery and slapped a Dutech Laboratories thing on the chain link fence. <laughs> we, we got five minutes. Let's get this shit. <laughs> Which, hey, man, that's underground filmmaking. I love If that's the case, I dig it. I like that. Uh, well, Sheriff Duncan finally strolls into police headquarters a little before noon and offers deputies Dan and Rick some glazed donuts. It isn't made clear if the waitress glazed his face or the donuts or both. So we just have to use our imaginations here, boys. I like films that make you think a little bit for yourself, you know? Yeah. That's always nice, I guess. I don't, I don't like everything spoon-fed to me. I, I like to... Oh, yeah. I mean, in general, I agree with you. That's a totally different topic from anything going on here, but yeah. Still getting the leather. Uh, the, the, the cedar now is, a, is appearing on the draw as well as the retro on the back of that pepper. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, it's just a really nice leather coffee profile and that, uh, that cedar yeah, it hasn't really changed or drifted away from that profile. There's no ebb and flow to it. I mean, that's, I, I, seems I like will, that's your note and that's it. I will say this. You want to dump 
your ash frequently. I, I've had it drop on me a few. It, it's a nice ash and it holds on for a while, but you want to you want to keep your eye on it. Uh, these two morons are pra- oh the deputies. Uh, these two deputy deputies are practicing their new puppet show featuring Donnie the Doper, aimed at keeping elementary school kids off drugs. This skit do anything for you guys? Oh yeah, uh, just. Yes, it was. No. I, I thought it was kind of corny myself. It did something for me. It made me wonder some of the decisions I've made in my life that led me to sitting on my couch on a Monday afternoon. <laughs> uh, well, the less said about uh, Donnie the Doper, the better. So the puppet bit goes on and on and on until finally, thankfully, Sheriff Duncan's phone rings and it's Burt Jones down at the Public Works Department informing the sheriff that a sewer worker named Weirdly, Roger Clemens never clocked out at the end of his shift last night. And his wife I was- thought that was it, man. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interject. I thought they said that. I didn't rewind it, but I could have sworn they said it was Roger Clemens. And if that was done intentionally, which I think it had to be, I th- that was pretty funny. Yeah, I'm a Roger Clemens fan. I support the guy. But do you think that was an accident? There's no, there's no accidents. In there's, no ex- yeah, there's, no, there's, there's no accident. Yeah, there's no... Hey, the word no, play in this movie, there's no accident. There's no I sharks. I was like, did they say there's Roger no, Clemens? There's no sharks in this again. movie. There's no sloppy accidents. They, that was intentional. That was intentional. Uh, these guys, these guys, they must have been what? What team? What must team would Red they have? Sox. Must have been Red Sox fans because yeah, they must have been yeah. Probably who's finishing up with the Yankees around then? Uh, well, he <laughs> never clocked out at the end of his shift, and his wife was pissed and worried. Hey, kind of like the chicken Jaws 3 when the guy didn't report back after locking up the gate. Please don't compare anything that happens here to Jaws 3. And get this. <laughs> he was working in the same vicinity <laughs> as the contaminated tank that got mysteriously drained back into the main sewer lines. You got to be shitting me, Sheriff Duncan Grumbles. I've, we've already said sh- the word shit. 50,000 times this episode alone. And it's not even a fraction of the shit that's remaining in this movie. Uh, So the sheriff, the deputies, and FBI agent Susan Harrigan all race over to the sewer plant and investigate down the tunnels. Well, Hannigan takes more bacteria samples. I can't believe there's so much bacteria down here in in the sewer. The two deputies stumble across the rotting corpse of public works employee Roger Clemens, all covered with ooze and maggots and flies, and they spend the next minute or so, it might have been more than a minute, it was more. taking turns projectile vomiting all over this dead corpse. And this was pre, this is pre-Family Guy when they did their thing where they all drink Ipecac and it was just like two minutes of nonstop vomiting. <laughs> these, these cops just take turns just puking all over this thing. You know, I remember... Earlier that afternoon, asking Cade, I was like, hey, I'm not going to like feel nausea. I'm, I, I can eat while I'm watching this movie, right? Like if I make a pizza and have dinner during this, it's going to be okay, right? So that's, on like, you. Yeah. that's on you. You saw the fucking movie title. You saw the name. That's on you. Hey, you know what, Tud? Uh, you're right. Uh, this is the most you've ever agreed with Cade or took up his cause in one. Uh, I think actually, if you combine the previous 146 episodes, you've never <laughs> defended Cade more than you had tonight. But you know what? You're right. That one, 
That one's on me. I, I, I shouldn't have asked that question. That was a silly question. I was, I was asking myself that the entire night watching this, and it's on me. It's, I, it's... I, I was wrong. You're right. I, yeah. My bad. Tut, you're... Even though your even Tut, even though your beer sucks and it didn't really go with anything tonight, your score just skyrocketed. C plus. <laughs> I no Which longer need the plus plus grading system. I can see it's entirely arbitrary. When Sheriff Duncan and Agent Hannigan walk up to them, did y'all really want them to start puking all over the thing too? I, I thought they would. I thought they would. <laughs> I thought they. I thought they missed. A, a they missed. They missed something really funny here, where we could have four minutes of puking. <laughs> they should have. I, I agree, Todd. Hey, we're in sync here, brother. We are totally in sync with the monster. I don't know about that. You guys are. I, I almost sent you a text message that said, "I hate this movie and I hate you," but I held, I held back on it. I didn't do it. I felt I was a little caught up emotionally, uh, so I, I just I held off. I would have responded, eat shit. Blow it out your ass. Threw the rest of my pizza in the garbage and went to bed hungry. <laughs> Again, I, well, they, though, that's my fault. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, like Urban Meyer, I'm going to own it. <laughs> you own that. That's on you. You own that. Uh, but they didn't, the, the sheriff and the FBI agent Hannigan do not puke. I guess this is a poop movie, not a puke movie. My bad. Uh, maybe in two weeks when we feature Barfzilla, think, things will be different around here. Or, or in three weeks when we do Octobarf versus Megaqueef, then I, I might be able to find what I'm looking for here. Oh, please tell me what I'm doing. Shame because you... Please tell me what I'm doing. I'm entirely sure fake at this point. Uh, boy, before I forget, I've joined Doctors Without Borders, and I'm going to be unreachable for about a month now. So, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to uh, be somewhere else. Hey, Dr. Stern might have to join Doctors Without Buttholes if things keep going on this track. Uh, no, we're not going to do Octobar versus Megaqueef. Uh, that is not streaming yet, so we're going to have to wait till next year's marched out. I guess there'll be next year's Waddle to Halloween, not the March to Halloween. Uh, Tune in for next week's Sharknado episode. Sharknado? <laughs> With a T? <laughs> uh, God. Uh, God. I, Ian Zeering's busy, but we got David Austin Green. Oh. Megan Fox is watching TV. She's like, this, this is why. This is, this is why I'm not with this guy anymore. <laughs> we we thought we could let the Sharknado slip through the net. We thought we could manage it, but things got things got messy. I just didn't see it coming. <laughs> we gambled and lost, Doctor. We gambled and lost. Sharknado, just when you thought you couldn't be surprised anymore. <laughs> oh. Oh. If you've ever been one hour into your workday and you had to drive home and change your pants, this is the movie for you. The horror is real. Somebody should make Sharknado. I'm sure these guys are probably working on it. Well, don't look at me. I invested all my money into Octobar versus Megaqueef. I'm done. They said it was going to be all practical effects. So we'll see. 
Here's a fun scene up next. A dude strolls into the kitchen in the middle of the afternoon and tells his wife that he's heading out to drink some beers with his buddy Keith. She snatches his car keys from him and says, you ain't going nowhere until you clean the bathroom. He says, I'll do it when I get back. But she waves her choppy knife at him and says, that's your toilet, your playroom, and you'll do it right now. What a bitch, right? Sheesh. The poor guy just wants to shrug off all his responsibilities and chug beers with his butt. You can back me up on this. When I was a bouncer at a bar, the girls' restroom was, at the end of the night was always 20 times grosser than anything going on in the men's. Am I right, Yax? Oh, yes. Always. Always. Wow. Oh, without a doubt. I used to give chicks that worked at the bar with me, I would give them part of my tip-out money as a bouncer for them to mop up and, and do hand. I, I wouldn't go in there. Wow. Interesting. They, oh, can, they wreck a fucking bathroom. Oh my God. Hey, drunk guys. Hey, you know what? They're drunk. Wobbly around. Maybe they pee on the floor a little bit. They miss the urinal, whatever. Hey, we're, they only, we're only human. Fucking destroy a bathroom. It looks like Barfzilla and Sharknado had a battle in there every night of the week. Even on Tuesday night, like that place was totally fucking wrecked. Looks like a porta potty at the Travis Tree concert on Sizzler night. <laughs> oh. Was that a was that a thing? Oh, you know it. Doctor, remember that one night at the Sirloin Stockade? Uh, I'm trying to forget. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad I got some backup with Yonyak. Yeah, yeah, guys. It's these chicks are much worse, but this chick is adamant. She's had it, and this guy needs to clean up his shit. Well, finally, the miserable bastard can't take her yapping anymore, so he heads down to his playroom. Not anything like the Fifty Shades of Grey playroom. I want to add. Uh, I don't know what that is. He called that his playroom where he had the leather stuff and would, you know, tickle chicks with feathers. This is just a big shit fest down in this guy's basement. Uh, anyway, I liked how the director, the directors cut away from his grumbling. God damn it. To her chopping a big carrot in half and slice. There's a nice little use of symbolism there. Her cutting his dick that carrot is his dick. Oh, yeah, 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 I got it. That's Truffaut shit. Mm, not really. Or as the Russians called Russians called it mise-en-scene. I don't think that's actually a Russian term. Man, this toilet is in bad shape. There is shit all over the seat. There's toilet paper everywhere. There's even some brown splatterage on the floor around the toilet. God, what the fuck are they, drink this beer now. Ugh. What the fuck are these dudes doing in this playroom? I'm assuming that they are hovering above the toilet with intense diarrhea. Maybe they were experimenting with different ingredients for the big uh, upcoming chili cook-off. That's could be. It's a possibility. It's a big thing. Possible. So this disgusting piece of shit, not wearing any gloves or goggles, sprays the toilet down. With a bottle of disinfectant, not his ass for once. And he gives it a quick once-over with a sponge. Then, in a somewhat curious move, 
he starts violently plunging the toilet bowl over and over again as he starts screaming loudly, come on, you motherfucker. Ah! He's just plunging the shit out of his toilet. Brown water splashing up all over his face. The wife's upstairs. Are you taking a shit down there? I told you to clean it, not use it, you freak. That nosy ass wife calls out. Really? If all these splashing noises and cursing are what she's accustomed to hearing when her husband takes a dump, what kind of marriage is this? What's going on in this house? <laughs> Tut, you ever make noises like that when you're in there after uh, Taco Tuesday? Uh, when I was watching this movie, I was definitely making noises like that. <laughs> <laughs> Plunging uh, a, a needle into your Cade voodoo doll. Die, motherfucker, die! <laughs> Do you have a Cade voodoo doll, Todd? I'm convinced he does. (laughs) Every once in a while, my shoulder will start really hurting, and I'm like, I bet. I just mentioned something about the audio on the show to Tut, and all of a sudden, my shoulder's hurting. How's that happen? (laughs) Coincidence. Just coincidence. Well, suddenly, the monster emerges from the toilet, and this is the first time we really get a good look at it. It's basically an enormous growling chocolate payday bar with arms, legs, and a little pinched off head. <laughs> it's pretty much exactly what you would envision and hope for a monster looking like. Am I right? Yeah, pretty much. If you what does a walking pile of shit look like? Like I that? Dug, I dug it. It's 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 a it's a ginormous, just huge walking talking piece of shit. Can we can we revisit the statement you made? It's pretty much what you'd hoped and envisioned a monster would look like. I mean, do you? I mean, if you had ever hoped and envisioned what a monster no, no, would look like, no. When I went into this movie, that's what I was hoping the monster would look like. Nowadays, it would be a CGI, just you know, brown nonsense. That this they actually made a, a giant shit monster. I, I will give them credit for the fact that they made their shit monster by hand. That deserves. Uh, that deserves uh, plaudits. Yeah. Thank you, doctor. The monster overtakes the insane man who's still shouting at his toilet when he's doing die, die. Uh, It starts squirting brown diarrhea all over his face. It's game over for this dude. Am I right? Society thanks you monster. This guy kind of deserved to die. Uh, It's game over for him. Am I wrong? He was, the guy was kind of nutty. Oh, I don't miss him. Kind oh, of. Yeah, I hear what you said there. <laughs> uh, oh, and, and get this. When the two deputies show up to investigate, someone has written, don't get caught with your pants down on the w- bathroom wall with poop. And that happened to be one of Jack Schmidt's catchphrases. The plot thickens. A lot of fiber in this plot. (laughs) Over at the morgue, Agent Hannigan, you know what? They should have reached out to Metamucil as a sponsor for this thing. Like, we got to get the Metamucil guys in here. And they, they, like, they drive up in a Metamucil food truck and, like, they could have taken care of this thing. Uh, but that would have been a really nice touch. No legitimate company was going to touch this goddamn thing with a 10-foot barge pole. <laughs> Do you think when they were raising funds for the movie, though, they like used that as like, 
we're currently reaching out to Metamucil and the Depends uh, adult diaper people. We've got uh, a lot we're of. We're in talks with Pepto. We're in talks with Pepto right now. I, I, I have left several late night messages with the steel cut oatmeal folks. And <laughs> I think, you know, they haven't returned my calls, but uh, we're, we've got a lot of irons in the fire. Modium really? seems really interested right now. I really feel like the gas X people are on board. I think, dude, how cool would it have been if that little, what's the little teddy bear from the toilet paper? The Charmin people. Is it the Charmin teddy bear? Like he walks in there right when the monsters. Oh no. Oh, what is snuggles? Snuggles. Little snuggles. Teddy bear walks in the room. Like, Hey guys, can I help? And the monster just takes him and wipes his ass with him. Yeah, amazing. None of these companies. That, that little kid-friendly teddy bear is like, oh, Jesus Christ, what the? <laughs> Maybe Snuggles will show up in Octobar versus Mega Queef. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I think I get some script approval on that one since I contributed to their Kickstarter. So I'll, I'll, I'll let our – you guys all have a voice as well. I'll, I'll let them know that we want to see Snuggles, the uh, – Toilet paper teddy bear take on Mega Queef. Uh, over at the morgue, Agent Hannigan, Susan Hannigan, and Sheriff Duncan are examining the decomposed corpse of the public works employee, Roger Clemens, which looks really gross and realistic with worms squirming out of its eye holes. It's a good-looking fake corpse. It is. Surprisingly, I, you know, like you said, they're, they're practical stuff on this for... It was really good. Not bad. It took them two years to make this film, but they, they took their time and they, they did it right. Um, and the sheriff thinks all of this may be the result of someone just flushing a pet alligator down the toilet. He's seen, you know, where that, that's been a thing that happens. But Agent Hannigan thinks he's been watching one too many crappy horror movies. I thought that was a little bit on the nose. I think so. Yeah, I, I thought that was a little easy. Yeah. Dialogue wise. I don't give a shit, but whatever. That night down by the pier, two homeless drunk clowns are chilling, minding their own business when a beer can tied to a long piece of string is dragged in front of them. First laugh. The two can collectors start chasing the can around until it's yanked down a manhole. And when one of the bums sticks his head in the sewer hole, the monster, or as they call it, the shit man, pulls him in and devours him. His buddy reports it to the deputies, Dan and Rick, but they just laugh him off. The only shit man that homeless guy has is in his own pants. That's not cool, man. You got to remember homeless people are people too. They deserve respect. They deserve to be listened to. And deputies, Dan and Rick didn't give them that respect. And I mean, that's life. Film, film is a reflection of, the society that we see every day. So, you think monster is a reflection of the society we see every day? In some ways, some ways, doctor. Food for thought. Across town at the local lounge, Sheriff Duncan is on his sixth shot of whiskey and starting to slur his speech so much that the bartender Donnie cuts him off. It's times like these, good boys, when I really miss us being together for our shows, because every time the sheriff from Monster took a shot, we could totally take a shot of Jameson, make it a drinking game. We'd be right there with him. 
Man, and with every shot, with every shot, we would not at all question our lives. Not one bit. Not one fucking bit. Even oh, the fact oh. sitting there watching Monster might no longer <laughs> seem to be of any significant import. We might need to talk about this cigar. Uh, you can, I, I'm about to, I, I let it go too long. I'm about to light up. Uh, it's well into the final third for me. Todd, any differences? No, not really. It's pretty much hung on that that leather uh, cedar profile the entire the entire way, uh, which is a good note. Um, it's a little bit a little bit stronger for for what I usually think of a Connecticut, which I appreciate. Uh, I don't like mild medium Connecticut's. I like my Connecticut's to to be on a full medium. I thought this was, uh, but yeah, that's it. It didn't give you a lot of transitions. It just had a beautiful note all the way through. Uh, agreed. Uh, we did a Connecticut last week, uh, last show that blew our socks off the Desert Rose Lonsdale, which is a really complex, a lot of flavor, uh, some strength transitions and uh, just kind of a, a really nice vanilla component that came and went with the other flavors. Um, this is way more straightforward, but it, it also um, construction top notch. Uh, I no complaints whatsoever, but man, um, yeah, cedar on the nose behind that spice. The spice never let up, which I really liked. If that spice had kicked down a notch, yeah, I'd yeah. be giving this a different score. But I, I love that unrelenting, uh, medium to strong spice through the nose, and then, uh, yeah, that just really smooth leather profile. Uh, we got the coffee, you didn't touch. We never figured out what that mystery. Uh, baking spice was on the back end because it was quickly overtaken, at least for me, by the cedar. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, then let's just all spice. It, let's just go all spice. That's the that's the easiest <laughs> way. To do it. Um, Tut, you first, since you wanted to uh, bring this cigar conversation to an end here. If we get anything else, obviously we'll mention it. But uh, go ahead and do price point. I go eleven twenty five. Eleven twenty-five. What's your thinking there? Just seems like a good number to land on. I'll go with that. Yak boy. Mm. This black label. Uh, they're not traditionally. They're not traditionally on the on the. Some of their stuff is uh, on on the on the higher end. Not crazy higher end, but no. I was I was, was going to go. 10. 10? 10. 10. I'm going to go 10, too. 10 feels right. That's good for us. Yeah, and what you were saying earlier, yeah, Black Label's not not one of the, the pricey ones that, that'll jack up a price. I think they're pretty straightforward. on Some of their more limited stuff. Uh, annual releases, the Bishop's Blend, and some other things tend to be a little bit, I think, a little bit north of that, but uh, nothing crazy. And uh, I think the price on this was, when I bought them forever ago, 10 bucks. 10 bucks even. Yeah, which it's not bad. It's not bad. Which were uh, some really good, uh, you know, leather, cedar, and just that really nice spice. Great construction. Fairly slow burning. Yeah. For a quality cigar, I mean, isn't ten bucks 
I mean, that's it's good. That's that's good. Yeah, isn't that always going to be good for a quality cigar? Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. not. I'm not going to complain about that. And I and I smoke a lot of Corona this size, the Corona Gorda, or close to it that that burn a lot faster, and uh, usually sometimes burn a lot hotter, where I can't even get this far into it without starting to be a little bit bitter and hot towards the end. Look at Tud; he's got his nub tool out, getting every little last bit he can get out of this. Uh, yeah, I'm totally, Doctor. I'm totally fine with ten bucks. This is a good Connecticut, a good Connecticut yeah. with a, a nice strength uh, on the retro. Which, if you want to smoke something a little bit smoother, but still keep up that pepper spice, uh, man, I, yeah, I give it a thumbs up. Yeah, me too. That's why I appreciate it is because it's a little bit stronger, and I, I gravitate to those those types of cigars, those types of profiles. Uh, I'm I'm still going to stick with when I go to a black label if they have it. The NBK is still my actually my favorite's the Lizard King, but that's a, an exclusive. Yeah. Yeah, spin off the nice, the, yeah. N, the NBK the barber pole. Uh, I I still love that uh, original NBK. Um, I actually think I actually think that this the porcelains. Uh, uh, no, I I think it I think it's deserving in the in that uh, consideration when you when you're looking at the uh, uh, black label black work selections that they have there. I would okay. throw up. I mean, I'd be like NBK. I'll put the porcelain in there. It just it it's earned a spot depending on my mood. I, I like the last rites, which is just a an ass kicker. It's a strong earthy cigar, which a lot of their stuff is. Yeah. Uh, I also like the morphine <clears throat> in certain vitolas. I think we've done that on the show as well. Uh, we've done a lot of black label stuff, but uh, yeah, this is a cool this is a cool departure for them, and it but it still feels black label ish by keeping that. Yeah. That retro hell strength. So, oh, I forgot about that Lizard King. That was a great cigar. Yeah, that Lizard King. I, I constantly am looking to see yeah. if anybody's got, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm constantly on the teetering on the edge of dropping off Facebook. But if I do, then I lose all the cigar shops I follow, which <laughs> that's how I find out like a cigar is they've got something and I can get it. I'm like, man, I, I don't know if I'm willing to lose <laughs> lose that connection to getting some really good cigars because without that I I don't know how I would find them. But man, that Lizard King was awesome. Uh, I think it was one of our top cigars of last year, actually. Yeah, yeah, deservedly so. Uh, we were lucky enough to pick up a handful of those from Smokers Abbey in Austin, Texas, Tut's hometown shop. Um, and I think these were actually purchased from SmallBatchCigar.com, which is a really a uh, cool, well-priced website with a, a good selection of uh, boutique stuff. So, and I will say the uh, last time I went in Smokers Abbey, they had a box of these. Okay. Uh, well, there you go. If you're seeking out any of the Black Label uh, Trading Company line, go to FamousSmokeShop.com. They've got a ton of them, and be sure and use promo code TNCC20 while you're there, as it gets you twenty dollars off a purchase of one hundred dollars or more. That's 20%. Am I right? He ain't shitting you. I ain't shitting you. You'll poop your pants at the savings. <laughs> Are you tired of flushing money down the drain? Use our promo code. All right. Let's wipe all this shit away. Don't uh, be a turd. Don't be a turd. Go to Famous Smoke Shop and spend some money. Use promo code TNCC20. You dumb shit. <laughs> All right, well, get this. Well, 
Well, Sheriff Duncan is getting shit-faced. Agent Hannigan is driving over to Dr. Stern's creepy mansion with some of her bacteria samples. And I give the filmmakers credit again here. They didn't have to find a gothic-style house for this creepy guy to live in. But they, and they didn't have to flood the outside of it with a fog machine to add atmosphere, but they did it. And I say that because so many straight-to-video or straight-to-streaming now, horror films on Amazon Prime and Tubi, they don't give you the fog machine and just the simplest little touches to add some atmosphere. They don't, get, they don't do any of this anymore. They just, hey, my mom's got a house we can use for the creepy doctor. And it's just some fucking house. They actually tried to get some stuff that looked like it would fit. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep giving these guys a pat on the back when I can. Um, this is odd. One of the doctor's coworkers from the lab is also his butler. <laughs> that was weird. Uh, Tut, do you think maybe something was going on more between these two than just coworkers at the lab? No, something smells. All right. Something stinks. Well, once again, Agent uh, Hannigan questions Dr. Stern about the bacteria samples, which, of course, he denies knowing anything about. But he agrees to study them himself tomorrow. And when she's gone, he immediately calls Timmy at the lab, who's just standing in the corner of a dark room, looking down, waiting for his phone to ring. That's a hallmark of any good laboratory assistant. Forget. You like that, do- you like that doctor. He's on call. He's ready to rock. On call, right? He's just sitting there. No okay. bullshit with him. He's he's ready to go. Well, doctor, forget the butler. I thought that perhaps Timmy and Doctor Stern might be bumping test tubes, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I, this does think? not occur to me. <laughs> okay, right. maybe I was reading a little too much between the lines of monster. Maybe not. Who knows? Stern instructs his boy toy Timmy to assemble a cleanup crew and meet him down in the sewers immediately. And when they gathered down there, maybe it was that, maybe it was that phone call. I want you to meet me down in my poop shoot immediately. Did he, did he say that? I don't recall that. Oh, did you guys not watch the director's cut? It had some alternate dialogue. I, did not version. I was unaware that there was a director's cut. It was called the director's butt, you know, being this is monster. <laughs> the director's butt. <laughs> and when they gather down there to collect whatever's left of the monstrous bacteria, what happens, Yak Boy? That's right. They all get killed by the monster, except Dr. Stern and Timmy. Everybody gets eaten. By the way, you, we brought up an interesting point here. This film is currently available for streaming free on Tubi with commercials. And for rent on Amazon Prime, how'd, how'd you guys watch this? Well, I'm the idiot who paid the rental fee. But I wish once I could get my friend. Once again, my friend, that's on you. That's on you. I wish I knew about the existence of the director's butt, which had seven minutes of unwiped footage. <laughs> it's messy, but it adds some stuff. <laughs> Uh, no, I went and rented it on Amazon Prime. I I actually watched it on Tubi first. Tut, tut, you're Tubi all the way. Oh, I was Tubi all the way. I was not, I was not dropping coin on this one. <laughs> uh, I watched on Tubi first, uh, and then when I decided we were doing the show and I, I to take my notes stuff, I actually rented it as well because Tubi didn't have subtitles, and I rely on those 
for very important character information and dialogue. So Amazon had subtitles. So I, I watched it on both formats and, and I was misleading both you guys and the audience, which I, I would never in- intentionally do. I was joking. Of course, there is no director's, but um, this is it. The, these two versions is as far as I know, that's all there is. Todd, are you saying that I crapped some money away? <laughs> Just flushing it down the toilet. Back at her lab, Susan Hannigan, agent Susan Hannigan, is examining old crime scene photos from Jack Schmidt's serial killing days. And it turns out he used to kill dudes exclusively who were sitting on the toilet. And then he'd write different slogans on the bathroom walls, such as, don't shit your pants. He spelled your Y-E-R, not Y-O-R. He, he wasn't a bright criminal. Saving and, some time. Plus, if you're white, if you're writing it with a turd, I mean, you only have so much. Well, you know, you want to condense when you can. He also would write things like "eat shit," and once he even wrote "take that shithead" over the headless corpse of a dude he killed on the crapper. So she finds it very odd that whatever killed the dude with the annoying wife in his bathroom wrote one of old Jack's favorite sayings and feces on the wall. But she captured the killer once. She vows to do it again. That's what that's what she found weird about this. <laughs> she's like uh, she's like Jodie Foster in Signs of the Lamb. She's dedicated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Jodie Foster. I was looking for a shit joke in Silence of the Lambs and just couldn't find it. I have failed. <laughs> It'll come. It'll come. Uh, just then, her fellow FBI friend, Johnny Waters. Remember that scientist that was working with her earlier? Johnny Waters calls her up with some news. He's been examining the bacteria sample she sent back, and it turns out this new bacteria. And when she mentions that she believes the shit monster is feeding on humans, Johnny tells her if that's indeed the case, it must be monstrous in size by now. He asks her to find a way with the sheriff's assistance to flush the creature out of the sewer and into direct sunlight as the sun may incapacitate this thing, you know, dry it out like a dog turd. (laughs) And give them laugh. That's actually sounds like a pretty good sign. Good hypothesis. It's a good hypothesis. And he actually doesn't say like a dog turd. I just. I have two wiener dogs, so I'm constantly scooping up their dried out dog turds from the lawn. And it's amazing how quickly that they, they go out and pinch a wiener steamer at 8 a.m. By 8.30, that thing is dried out in the morning sunlight. Johnny Waters knows what he's talking about. here. Do you think that's another play on names like Roger, like John, you know, John Waters? They're giving another shout out or do you think it's coincidence? Yeah, John, John Waters, the filmmaker, did a lot with shit. Divine ate a fucking turd and pink flamingos so that yeah that that could be could be a little homage if you will uh i don't put anything above or below these filmmakers uh i a lot below actually um and this will give us our only chance he says only chance at what agent uh hannigan asks our only chance to kill this fucker johnny explains duh even i knew that like we got to draw it out in the sunlight so it dries out. What then? Uh, kill it? Did you think at any point they were going to have a giant pooper scooper and just like lower it and just grab a minute? 
No, but that would have been that would have that would have redeemed something. Yeah, I'm good with one of those. I use it every day. They could have got me on as a technical advisor. I could have been their technical advisor for the pooper scooper, poop wrangler, yeah, poop wrangler on set, shit wrangler, Matt Acade. I got like 18 years of uh, wiener steamer scooping up. I I can uh, I could tell you how it's done. Crap removal technician. I would have gone with Wiener Steamer technical advisor. Uh, but Agent Johnny Waters isn't done yet. He gets off the phone with her and calls the local entomologist, Professor Downing, at the uh, nearby university, who's seated at his desk examining butterflies. That's what they do all day. And asks the nerd if he can provide the FBI with around a million flies anytime soon. Well, I'm quite busy, but... I should probably, I could probably get you a million flies in about two days. That'll work. Thank you. Johnny water says <laughs> How busy is this dude. And how two days to get a million flies. seems. What well, is a million flies? I mean, that's a yeah, lot that's of a flies. Lot. A lot of flies. Two days. Short, the role of the entomologist in creature features. There's always one that pops up every now and again. They're almost as ubiquitous as the chili cook-off and regattas. Uh, a good entomologist who comes through in the end. A local small town college scientist or professor who specializes in whatever they need. And this guy certainly chomping on that, that pipe while looking at butterflies fits the bill. At police headquarters, Sheriff Duncan pours agent Susan Hannigan and himself two giant glasses of cheap tequila from the bottle he keeps under his desk. She tells him her theory about Jack Schmidt becoming a living shit monster due to the contaminated materials poured into the sewer from Dutech. Duncan says, well, I prefer the pet alligator theory being flushed down the commode. I believe you, Susan. Good there. They're going to be bumping test tubes soon, don't you think? Well, she doesn't have a test tube. I was about to say it. Yeah, I didn't think that. I think she was that manish. No, no, she's actually a lovely woman. Uh, get more on her later. The next day, some lazy ass is sitting on the couch watching a South Park-inspired cartoon in the middle of the afternoon while enjoying a few afternoon beers when his young daughter runs out from the bathroom and tells her father there's a giant doo-doo in there. I'm really proud of you, honey, he says. His attention just on the TV. I didn't make it, Daddy. It came out of the toilet and it started saying bad words, and I'm scared. Uh, there's nothing to be scared of. Number twos can't talk. By the way, they actually created a South Park ripoff cartoon to play on this TV. And whereas South Park had the little Christmas turd, Mr. Hanky or whatever, they came up with a Easter turd that left shit covered eggs and kids, Mr. Spanky. But again, they went the extra length to come up with their own little cartoon. That's good. Uh. I just kept thinking of what this 12 or 13 year old girl who's now 30 or 31 is thinking about these tastes. She's in there. She's in therapy. Think she shows her husband monster. No, I actually found her on Facebook. I reached out to her to see if she wanted to zoom in. She just responded. I'm in therapy. Okay. I figured that or she would have a little sort of like flashback thing. Hey, did you ever do any acting? Uh, no, no. What are you talking about, man? She's doing autographs on the horror circuit. Uh, I don't think Monster is showing up at the Frightmare convention. 
Loved you in Monster. And how much for a picture with you? Five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> that gets me a warm beer at the VIP party. Uh, good luck, little. Good luck, little girl. Actually, I'm sure she's a lovely young woman. Uh, Hollywood's rough on child actors. It really is. Uh, Hollywood has nothing to do with this film, obviously. Uh, the guy grumbles as he puts down his beer and marches back to the bathroom to get her off his back about it. She's pleading with him to listen to her, her warnings, but he just sighs as he pushes his way past her and closes the bathroom door behind him. He looks down the toilet and sees a little turd in the toilet bowl circling around. You're the little shit causing all this trouble, he says, before the monster pulls the shower curtain aside that he's been hiding behind and attacks. Man, you boys. Think I'm making all that noise? Guys, as a father myself, watching that little girl bang her fist against the door as her dad was being devoured on the other side by the monster, it really hit home for me. And that's what good movies do. They make you feel, they, they make you find a way to connect to the material. Typical Tuesday night. I, I was sitting there just on my couch, just, I was in his shoes, I was in her shoes. I was, I was invested in this scene. Um, God, emotional stuff, emotional stuff. That's nice. Later on, deputies Dan and Rick interrogate the little girl about her daddy's homicide. And when she tells them that a giant number two killed her daddy, they assume she means like a number two puppet from the TV show Teletubbies, you know, with the gay guy in it. But that's not what she means at all, is it? Yes. No, it is not. She keeps saying it was a humongous doo-doo, and the police sketch artist named Dale keeps frantically drawing as and asks her very specific questions as she describes what she saw. So, he's, Dale says, you said there were peanuts in it. Would you say they were creamy or chunky? Did it leave a trail of anything behind, little bits and pieces of itself anywhere? And then he ends with, did it say anything, little girl, like, uh, I don't know, like, imagine being a local actor who's mostly done some small plays maybe a few commercials around town and then you hear a film is being shot nearby and you've been cast as a police sketch artist fuck yeah and then you get this shitty ass script can I imagine that uh, <laughs> no okay I can't imagine that I watch this goddamn thing no I can't imagine being cast in it well, let me see. You know what? I don't think I'm up for Hamlet yet. I really need a few more years of Shakespearean work. I do have a spot in Taming of the Shrew Thursday night. There's an indie movie in town? I'm going to go see. I'm going to go. Th- you know what? i tell you what. I'm going to roll the bones. Let's do you this. You miss all the shots you don't take. I'm going to go see if I can get cast in a movie. Hey, what do we always say? If those if those dudes hadn't taken a a, a, sh- a risk and done Clerks, a tiny little movie shot in their hometown, they're still on the convention circuit making money from this thing. You never know. You never know. And you know what? Just because we joked about it, if that little girl or this Dale, the sketch artist from Monsterd, ever shows up at a horror convention, I don't care what they're charging. I'm giving them my goddamn money and I'm getting a picture taken with them. No, you're not. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm totally not. <laughs> and if you ask me if hey you want to get a picture on Dale, the sketch art from Monster, I'm gonna go 
Well, get this. He's actually a very good sketch artist because he shows the deputies what he thinks the killer looks like after she's done talking. It's his illustration is almost identical to the monster. Yeah. But how can a turd kill someone? Deputy risk asked deputy Dan. I don't know. And that's a very weird question says deputy Dan. <sighs> Remember a while back when we were at police HQ drinking tequila with Sheriff Duncan agent Hannigan. It was like two days ago. We saw that. Well, we cut back and it seemed like it was at least a day ago because we've gone through a whole cycle of events. They're still there drinking in his office. A drunk sheriff says he wants to go back down the sewer and kill this thing right now. But Susan Hannigan urges him not to, as they don't even know bullets are going to stop this giant turd. She encourages him to warn the community instead to stay away from their toilets, as they have no idea where the monster will strike next. That's not going to be easy, the sheriff explains. Not with the annual chili cook-off coming up in two days. (laughs) That was the best line in the flick. Chili cook-off, she says. You have to postpone it. She can't believe the timing. It's a big blowout that we have every year, he says. People come from all over, and I'm afraid I can't postpone it as the town depends on the festival for big summer dollars. Well, we can bring in porta-potties. We just have to keep these people off their toilets, she tries to reason. Have you ever been to a chili cook-off, he says. (laughs) Oh, this is where I actually love it because it turns into fucking Jaws. That's easier said than done, he says. (laughs) He's right, of course. And just then, the two deputies barge in with Dale, the sketch artist, drawing of the psycho killer shit man, and it's all coming together. They're all on the same page, finally. Dude, if you're going to have a giant shit monster in a, in, a, in a monster movie, how could you not have the 24th annual chili cook-off going on at the same time? Mac <laughs> Boy is right. It is Jaws. God bless him. Th- this movie would lose, like, two or three letter grades if they didn't incorporate the chili cook-off. Oh, wow. It's genius. Yeah. <laughs> it's something. It's something. Okay. We'll agree it's something. it's something. Well, speaking of things coming together, um, instead of going monster, monsterd hunting down the sewer that night, Sheriff Duncan invites Agent Susan Hannigan over to his bachelor pad for some more drinks. Always the gentleman, he takes her jacket, which he promptly crumples up and throws on the couch. He's drunk. And then he pours them both two more massive glasses of cheap tequila as some romantic music plays. They sit down next to each other on the couch and both chug their drinks down to the bottom, which the sheriff then refills from a flask that he keeps in his police jacket. Why walk all the way to the kitchen when you have booze in your jacket? Man's resourceful. Jacket booze. They chug those two drinks, and then a totally shit-faced sheriff starts looking Agent Hannigan up and down, like he's either going to make a move on her or throw up on her. But then he just passes out momentarily. His eyes get a little heavy, and he passes out. So she decides to bail. You know, they have a big day of killing a shit-fueled monster tomorrow. Then the sheriff suddenly snaps awake as she starts to get up. That Jack Schmidt did a real number on you, didn't he, slurs? Yeah, he sure did a number on me, all right. A great big number, too, she says. And they both laugh. And I laughed along with them. That was funny. 
You guys didn't laugh at that? I did. I did not. Yeah, at this at this point, I just kind of wanted it to be over. <laughs> I've heard all the shit puns. I've heard all the number two puns. I actually kind of liked her character, portrayed by actress Beth West. And when I learned that Agent, Agent Susan Hannigan would make another appearance five years later in Retard Dead, I almost watched it, but shit, man. Even I have to draw the line somewhere. I'm not watching Retard Dead. You say that now. No, growing up, and if I had known these dudes had made a movie called Retard Dead, I may have had hesitation. I used to volunteer at Special Olympics. I have a, a, a family member who used to compete. Like it's kind of a sensitive thing with me. And they do call like each other retarded a lot in this movie, which you know is early two thousands. It was kind of not what it is today, but I, I just I, I I can't do retarded. I can do monster. I, I cannot do retarded. And but get this, Sheriff Duncan, played by Paul Weiner, is also repri- reprises his role in Retarded. So if you, like these char- if you like these characters, they do continue on in Retarded. Paul Weiner. <laughs> That's really the guy's name. I'm sure he pronounces it Weiner. Doctor, I was waiting for you to say it. I'm sure he's a, it's Paul Weiner. Paul Weiner. You're Your name is Pee Weiner. You're in Monster, dude. You're Pee Weiner. Bright and early, deputies Dan and Rick begin driving all over Butte County with a megaphone, warning all the citizens to refrain from using their toilets. They explain a parasite has been discovered in the sewer that can enter people through their rectums, because obviously they can't drive around warning people about an eight-foot-tall shit monster and be taken seriously. They suggest through the megaphone, crapping in a bucket and then dumping it out the front window like they did in the Middle Ages. It'll be fun. Or there's the popular method of just shitting and wetting your pants. The world's your oyster, folks, on this one. Just do what you got to do. I was having fun with these guys. You got to know. Again, at this point, I was just kind of. I did find that humorous. If a cop car drove down your street, doctor, telling you not to use the toilet and to just poop in a bucket and pour it out your balcony or just shit and piss your pants and have a have a fun day out of it would you listen to them or would you use your toilet if people were to follow that dictate just imagine the sheer level of shit that would be in the streets the door amount of feces that would be running down the avenue would be just more than the mind could handle I, then again i'd like to follow public safety records so i guess i'd find a bucket Here's the funny thing. Well, first of all, you'd have people saying, hey, freedom. I can shit where I want. I'm not letting the government tell me to shit in a bucket. The the anti-bucketers? America. Yeah, yeah, I'm an anti-bucket. You know the kind of stress it's causing my kids to shit in a bucket? No, sir. We ain't doing that. But here's the funny thing, boys. I hope you don't mind me sharing this, doctor. We're doing the movie Monster. The doctor wakes up this morning... And there's a crack in his toilet dripping water. The porcelain tank has a crack in it. 
while we're doing the movie Monster and about a, a, a beast coming out of the toilet, he wakes up, hears a dripping noise, goes into his bathroom, and there's a crack going down the side of his fucking toilet bowl. Am I right, Doctor? It was in the. It was actually in the toilet tank, uh, and I didn't hear it. I slept soundly. Thank God. Uh, thank God that happened this morning and not tomorrow morning. I wouldn't be mentally conditioned to, to deal with it. But there was a there was a thin spider-like crack in the toilet tank, uh, and and it was dripping water out. So did you, I uh, did. You have any concerns that it was a monster? I did not at uh, at six thirty this morning when it was still dark outside. Um, but, uh, when the maintenance guy came in and looked at it and he pointed out there was a, something that happened with the caulk and caused that tiny spider like crack and therefore caused the water in the toilet tank to leak. So thankfully it's not shit water. It's just plain water. But, uh, did you say anything cool? Like don't shit me. Nah, he really didn't have much personality at all, but I, the guy did show up promptly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? It's, it's certainly irony. Uh, do you think I'm in danger? I don't know. I'd sleep with the lights on. Yeah. Well, thankfully I have a more than one bathroom facility in my place. But uh, yeah, there, hey, there is, there's a. If you smell something funny, you better run, boy. You better run. <laughs> uh, I'm staying out of that bathroom until they replace that toilet tank. That's wise. That's wise. The citizens just roll their eyes at the cops and they and things don't get much better over at City Hall when a still probably drunk Sheriff Duncan tries to warn the city council about the monster and he demands that they put their selfish motives aside and cancel the chili cook-off. Mm-hmm. You guessed it, Tut. He and Agent Hannigan get laughed right the fuck out of there. The chili cook-off brings in a ton of revenue and there's no way it ain't happening. These people City council literally laughs in their face. We got a shit monster here. You're having a chili cook off. This is this is going to implode. Now, what I really would have liked is if they had a character like Murray Hamilton from Jaws, who had the the, the pale blue blazer on, but just a bunch of little. He had his like little sailboats, and like a guy had little toilet bowls on his. <laughs> that would have that would have worked for me somehow. You'd like that, wouldn't you? Get your name in Bow Movement Magazine. What was the name of? Butte is a Butte is a chili cook-off town. We need chili cook-off dollars. These people will be happy to go to chili cook-offs over in Assholeville or Turd Burger or <laughs> Underpants Town. You guys do whatever you need to do to keep the toilet safe. But the chili cook-off will be open for business. It will be open for business, Doctor. Remember that little girl who started narrating this movie about an hour ago and then we never heard from her again? Well, all of a sudden, she pops back up and explains that the whole town now thought that Sheriff Duncan was crazy, and no one believed the shit monster was real. Did we really need her to pop up and explain that? I think it was kind of self-explanatory. No, no, this is all part of the experience. We needed that shit explained to us, didn't we? That we did. Anywho, we then cut back to the cocktail lounge where the sheriff is power drinking again. When things don't go well at the city council meeting, he goes straight to the lounge. The sheriff just power drinks no matter what's going on, good or bad. He just house twenty four seven. And I love that scene earlier where it was kind of like there wasn't a lot of consequence going on, but it was just like one of us. Like it's just a random Wednesday night, and he's getting drunk at the lounge. Like, yeah. Wet in Butte. Do you have a bathroom? He asked Donnie, the bartender. Tom, 
You met your wife in the bathroom. You've been in it a thousand times, Donnie, the bartender says. Tom goes on to say he's he's so shit-faced. I've been coming to this bar since I was a little kid. And then he says, I got my first blowjob in this bar. He's just slurring crazy drunk talk all over the place. (laughs) Tom, Tom, are you all right? Donnie asks. But you can tell he really doesn't give a shit. None of us are all right, Tom mutters. Donnie cuts him off again. No more drinks for you, which seems like a nightly occurrence at the at the lounge. I did like the line from the bartender. You met your wife in that bathroom. <laughs> no. <laughs> she was a saint. She was a saint. There was a whole uh, sub story that he gave to agents who's been hanging about his wife dying. And I didn't get into that bullshit. Donnie, uh, after he cuts him off again, Sheriff Tom stumbles into the bathroom. And while he's taking a piss, he looks up at the wall in front of him and sees that someone or something has drawn the monster attacking a cartoon drawing of Sheriff Duncan on the wall. They even drew a little arrow, Sheriff Duncan, and wrote on it. This shit is getting personal, boys. Am I right? Yeah. I think I I am. (laughs) While Sheriff Duncan is taking a leak, the diabolical Dr. Stern is leaving a trail of irresistible corn and peanuts down the sewer, hoping to lure the monster out of hiding. And it works. The creature appears out of the darkness, but before it attacks, Stern explains to his new pungent friend that he is God. He is the one responsible for the monster's entire existence. His creator, he's Dr. Krappenstein, if you will. He didn't say that. I, I said that. <laughs> when Stern calls him beautiful, the monster tells his creator, I look like shit. I smell like shit. I feel like shit. You've made me into an abomination. I'm going to make you pay. The only thing that saves Dr. Stern is when he informs the monster of tomorrow's 24th annual chili cook-off. And where there's chili, he explains, there will be bowel movements. Hundreds of plump buttocks planted on toilet seats. You'll be able to pick them off like flies, he says. But just the mentioning of the word flies sends the monster into a tizzy. Flies hurt, shit man. Shit man hates flies. Flies try to eat shit man. For a turd, he has no bigger enemy than a fly. That's right, doctor. That's scientifically correct. Turds hate flies. I, uh, sure. I mean, I didn't think they had feelings, but, uh, this one does. It works. Yeah. <laughs> this one does. This one does. This turd's got feelings. <sighs> Dr. Stern says he can protect the monster from the flies, and the creature agrees to let him, the evil nerd, live a little bit longer. The next, Jesus Christ. Finally, finally, yes, Cade, yes, Jiminy fucking Christ. I had this image of like some sort of review or montage of your life, and then there's Cade going, flies hurt shit, man, flies eat shit, man, and I'm like, this is this is life. This, this is our life. Do, do you know the uh, significance, Tut, of the number 7,137? No. 
how many words I typed up tonight for our monstered episode. 7,137 words on monster. That's six. That's on you, my friend. That's on you. You watch the movie, you pick the movie, you said yes to the movie. That's on you. When you accompany that with the dozen hours that it will take to review this film, get or episode, get ready for publishing, then type up the episode page will be another 1,500 words. You ever hear the expression, is the juice worth the squeeze? It's on the relief you feel after you squeeze it out. I'm squeezing, baby. I am squeezing. Uh, just wait, like a what, what? realization of some sort, but no, it just turns out he was just setting up his own punchline. It's like uh, the scene in Austin Powers with uh, Tom Arnold's character. Just hang on. We'll get through this together, buddy. Who does gotta... number two work for? Bend over, grab your heels, and take a deep breath. We're going to get through this. The next morning at her laboratory, uh, Sheriff Chugs-A-Lot is watching Agent Hannigan conduct experiments on the bacteria with her microscope. While he's chugging some pink Pepto-Bismol for a change instead of booze, he explains, all that whiskey I drank last night did a real number on my stomach. Hannigan grabs the bottle from him. If this stuff can stop your diarrhea in its tracks, maybe, just maybe, it can stop the shit, man. In her early testing, she drops a drop onto her microscope, and it it does indeed seem to kill the the shit man molecules. This could work. Sheriff Duncan says he's going to order deputies Dan and Rick to buy up every single bottle of Pepto in the county, which isn't going to make the chili cook-off people happy, but he doesn't give a hot shit anymore. Actually, this is what he says. They had their chance, he tells Hannigan. Let them shit their pants. We were hired to serve and protect. That's exactly what we're going to do. He doesn't care if they're all shitting their pants anymore. He took an oath, damn it. That's something something guys like us wouldn't know about. We never took an oath. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. I might take one after tonight's show. <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting into some deep stuff here, guys. This is what I thought might. It's like an onion, man. We're just peeling the back layers, peeling back layers. We're getting, we're getting to something here. It's a shitty covered onion, yes. Maybe we'll find out something about the monster, but maybe even better. I don't know. We might find out something about ourselves. Oh, I have. I've learned a lot about myself tonight. I get the feeling from all your faces, you've learned a lot about yourself tonight. Yes. Yes, I have. Especially your feelings towards your, your old buddy, Kate. No, no, no. No, now I'm telling myself, that's on you, Tut. That's on you, Tut. That's on you, Tut. It all comes full circle. It all goes hey. back to Urban Meyer wisdom. Own it. You got, if, you, if you watch this movie, you got to own it. You got to own it, Tut. You got to own it. Can't blame anybody else, Tut. It's not Kate's fault. <laughs> Boy, how cool would it have been if we could have done this episode live from Urban Meyer's Pine House in Dublin, Ohio? <laughs> this shit would have got those chicks horny on the dance floor. Right? I I doubt it. But then again, who knows? They seem like they have. Oh, at the Urban Meyer Pine House? Oh, they're 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 horny. Yeah. I no, I think this is the only show that could have killed that horniness at Urban Meyer's Pine House. <laughs> the dance floor would be Completely, uh, yeah. <sighs> well, we don't need we don't need to go there anyway. 
Well, the deputies are running all over the place, buying all the diarrhea medicine and toilet paper they can find. Sheriff Duncan heads over to the cemetery where he gets down on a knee and laments to his dead wife's grave that the town is facing its darkest hour. And everyone thinks he's butt crazy. I don't think you're butt crazy, Tom, he hears a voice say. That's right. It's lovely agent Susan Hannigan, who clearly has beyond shitty taste in men. And the two of them embrace. Let's get that piece of shit, the sheriff says. Fuck yeah, boys. Fuck yeah. Now we're now we're now we're getting somewhere. You know what else makes me say fuck yeah, Tut? What's that? That's right. Drew State cigars. <laughs> I often find myself exclaiming fuck yeah to myself as I light up a delicious Drew State stick and take my first puff. It's almost always instant fucking satisfaction. Fuck yeah. And one of their tastiest offerings out there right now is the Herrera Steli Miami. Crafted by level nine Cuban rollers at the famed El Titan de Bronze on Cali Ocho, the Herrera Scaly Miami line is expertly rolled in a lavish Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper over a rich Ecuadorian Sumatra binder with select fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. The new look of Herrera Scaly Miami features a rich black and gold packaging. I don't know if it's a new look. I've been talking about it for like two years. <laughs> and is available in five sizes. I smoked the cigar many times. It is truly one of Willie Herrera's masterpieces. We gave it a 91 recently on the show. Mm-hmm. If you like spice like tonight's cigar and a just really unique cedar component, uh, jump in your car or jump online right, aw- right away and get your hands on some. Fuck yeah. And while we're talking about some really cool stuff, I'd also like to take a hot minute to once again let you know about something very cool, Cigar World. Cigar World's an online site for cigar smokers. There, you can get cigar news, reviews, and a whole lot more. Also on the site is a cigar research panel called the Testing Lab. You can sign up to give your input on new cigars by taking surveys, testing cigars. It's a whole scene, man, and you will love it. You'll learn a lot. And I encourage you to check it out at cigarworld.com forward slash testing lab. Might even run into the doctor over there. Doing some some of your crazy little experiments. Never can tell. You ever uh with a big old periodic periodic table in a big old you? periodic table behind you in there and uh I maybe get one here and hang it up behind me. Maybe bumping some test tubes if you know what I mean. Uh, you got to keep the test tube separate. Of course, you're a professional. I was, <laughs> and I watched Monster. <laughs> now I'm not sure what I am anymore. Doctor's going to law school. No. I said I might take an oath when this thing's over. <laughs> uh, after a brief meeting at FBI headquarters with Agent Johnny Waters, remember him? Where he uses little handheld puppets of the shit monster and the, the police officers to, sh- to explain to Sheriff Duncan and his deputies how they will have to flush the monster out of his underground sewer lair by getting him to chase the men out into the sunshine where the professor will release the 1 million flies to devour the beast. Seems like an easy enough plan, right? Yeah. What could go wrong? But get this. When they, when they flush the monster out the West side of the sewer system, that sunny clearing is where the big chili cook-off is going to be taking place with hundreds of, 
of innocent civilians. But FBI agent Johnny Waters says with a cold stare, that's a risk he's willing to take. And much like those of us who watch Monster, if you go to a chili cook-off in Butte, you're really not innocent anymore. (laughs) Open your eyes, folks. The FBI knew that the giant shit monster fueled by the biotech lizard people at Monsanto was funded by George Soros. It was going to massacre the people of Butte County. They could literally smell this plot from miles away. They did nothing. My sources tell me. Tell me. However... The Cajun Charlie was, in fact, a crisis actor. And if you look closely at the grainy VHS footage of the chili cook-off, which I have on Infowars.com, you'll see the truth. Infowars.com. Why would I not be surprised if I heard that voice in this movie? Cajun Charlie was a crisis actor? (laughs) Do you think, Yagboy, you're keen, you have an ear to the underground media. Do you think that the monster might have been funded by John, George Soros and created by the uh, lizard people at Monsanto? I don't know. That's just what I'm hearing. Well, I, would, I think I, I need to go back to the movie where they show like the refinery and they show the Dutec sign and over in the corner down at the bottom, a subsidiary of Monsanto. Do your own research. How about that? I encourage everyone well, do your own YouTube research. You don't need microscopes and centrifuges. Just watch a lot of YouTube. You'll find Google the Google it. Google it. Lizard people. We now get ourselves a montage, boys. We love montages. I Some thought st- I did. <laughs> this was the end. This is the end of montages. Some suspenseful music plays as we join the 24th <laughs> annual chili cook-off already in progress. Huge steel drums filled with all sorts of chili are bubbling in booth after booth. Kids are running around having fun on little train rides. And while all this is happening, Sheriff Duncan, the deputies, and Agent Susan Hannigan are all wrapping diapers around their heads and bodies as armor for some reason. They're filling up super squirter water guns with Pepto-Bismol. They're loading their guns with suppositories. They're arming themselves with plungers and toilet paper rolls. And finally, they nod at each other and they head out to kill this fucker. Is it just me or is this point the movie getting kind of silly? At this point? (laughs) At this point? We've come to maximum absurdness at the beginning of the movie. When it started, we hit maximum. I feel like Sideshow Bob. Tom Shale gave the show three and a half stars. And I'm the one in prison. <laughs> Tut, Tut uh, j- just, to, just to get the wheels back on the tracks here, uh, this has come up before on the podcast, but I always find it fascinating. Um, you should have loved this scene. There were so many chunky chilies in those bowls. You love Chunk, you hate broth. You hate oh a, God, a. Look what's happened to Todd. <laughs> oh God, the ponytail what? is coming out. Is it, just, or as Nada calls it, the man bun. I, I still swear it's a ponytail. It's a Japanese top knot, okay? It's, it's a, a Japanese, Japanese top knot. Samurais wear them. You're full Doc Brown now. Marty, the 1.21 gigaturns. Great seat. 
Scott's playing toilet paper? But, Doc, once it turns out, he can't squeeze it back in? No, Marty. We're going to go back in time before we took that shit. Do you guys, did my my Michael J. Fox do anything for you guys? Yes, I enjoyed that. But but what I was saying is, Tut, uh, I noticed that all the uh, chilies in the bowls were traditionally very chunky and uh, more of a stew-like, which you're big I'm a I, big I, fan. Were, I don't want I don't want soupy chili is not meant to be soup. I bet you were salivating at all those chilies, especially my uh, favorite was like the metric ton of Tabasco the montage showed us. Oh, the sriracha, the Tabasco, the yeah. Uh, it's you weren't there, Doctor. It's funny. Uh, Yak Boy and I once proclaimed on the show our love of soups, and Tut very vehemently came out against soups. He hates broth. He hates anti soup. He he wants nothing to do with it. And we just called him crazy. Where are you on this debate? Do you do you prefer a chunky bowl of little broth and just substance? Or do you appreciate a delicate uh well refined broth like Yak Boy and I? We love a good soup. He he likes his shit chunky. I'll go with you and Yaks. I can appreciate a delicate, refined broth. Uh, I can see why Tut wouldn't like it. His hair would get caught in it. Barbarians. <laughs> now, we're, we're uh, gentlemen and sophisticates. Only a barbarian would... Uh, the soup won't get the glory up to 88 miles per hour. Uh, last question while we're on the chili cook off, and I think we always, over the last 147 episodes, we covered this before, but in my, in my opinion, it ain't chili if it doesn't have beans. Mm. I saw a lot of beanless chili in this montage. Now, now that's, chili, that's... chili should be thick. Soup, you can have a nice broth. Soup, chili should be no, thick. No, chili, chili should have a nice broth, too. You can have the best of both worlds with the chili. You can have no. a- oh. chili. Chili is yeah, hot dog chili on a hot dog. You don't have broth. Chili is a bowl of chili. You want a nice broth. What else is what else is going to soak up your crackers, asshole? Don't put crackers in chili. Cornbread, my friend. Cornbread. All right, okay. Doctor, 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 let's start over. If we were Doctor, I'm right. Hey, 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 let's handle this like reasonable adults. Doctor, would you please close Tut and Yak Boy's Zoom squares? We'll finish the show just you and me. No, oh, wait, no. You, you no. didn't agree with me either. Just shut down all the squares except mine. I'll finish the show by myself. Uh, uh, it's too late for that. Later, later, you said chili has beans in it. Yes, true chili does have beans in it. The only chili that doesn't have beans in it is the shit you put on hot dogs. No, chili doesn't have beans in it. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Beans can be added to chili, but chili does not actually have beans in it. It's chili with beans. That's not semantics. It's fact. Hold on. Uh, while Tut fix, fixes his ponytail, let me just adjust Yak Boy's beer score here. Totally unrelated to the, totally unrelated to the defiance you're showing me now. Totally unrelated. So while those four are down the sewer hunting the monster, 
I can't see shit down here, Deputy Dan says. I suppose that's a good thing, Deputy Rick says. It should be mentioned, these two goofballs, the two deputies, they are the writers and directors of tonight's film. That doesn't surprise me. That tracks. That tracks. Above ground, Dr. Stern removes a manhole cover and starts descending down there himself. Timmy, his assistant, tells him, tells his lover, I mean his boss, this is madness, Dr. Stern. You're going to end up dead just like all the people you've killed. No, Timmy, this is science. You're just too blind and dumb to recognize it. So blow it out your ass, he says. Hey, Dr. Stern getting in on the ass jokes. That was fun. Better late than never, right? At this point, no. It was good stuff. Or maybe, no, I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> I'm thinking about going to law school. <laughs> Dr. Stern starts stalking the sewer's maintenance tunnels, making fart noises, hoping to summon his creation. <clears throat> and get this. Unfortunately, it works as the monster appears and tells his creator, Eat shit. Before the thing is in my head, I knew I knew what was gonna happen when you described this scene, and it's I was still unprepared for it. Me doing fart noises. I enjoy I enjoy good synthetic fart noises, but just at this point in the picture, I once again, as I saw the character of Dr. Stern walking through the sewer, making his little <laughs> noises, I just still was thinking like, I mean, Robert Frost said, you come to those two paths in the wood, you take the one not traveled, and I still think I fucked up. Anyway, that was maybe again. That might have just be me. No, no, my friend Robert Frost. It would be to take the path less covered in shit. That was an uh, unsung Robert Frost poem. Uh, The one that talked about eating shit. Uh, Speaking of shit, the monster tells uh, Doctor Stern to eat shit. Eat shit before he douses him in gallons of brown diarrhea and then devours him alive. The monster then starts charging at the law enforcement officers. It's mission accomplished as they finally flush the shit monster out into the sunlight. Now we're going to see if Johnny Waters' theory holds weight. It does. He's stunned by the sunlight, so they begin spraying the creature down with Pepto, from their super squirters, just as a cigar-chomping, ponytail-wearing college professor shows up with his dog carrier full of one million flies. I know, I know. <laughs> it, it, it's a pet taxi that you keep in your car, and somehow, with all the holes in it, it has a million flies in it. A rare miss by these guys, uh, prop-wise. Yes, you're right. Nothing else was ridiculous at all. But at the least, the filmmakers attempted some type of 2003 low-budget CGI to show a bunch of digital CGI flies shooting out of the pet taxi and swarming down on the monster. Well, hang on before we get to the, the death scene. Yeah. Uh, the, there was a, 
some reaction shots from the <laughs> townsfolk. Yeah. I skipped over the chili cook-off reaction shot. Holy shit! It is it, a shit monster. That I don't know why, but that one dude just cracked me the fuck up. And but it was the only thing in the movie that beside the guy beside the tin can gag, but just the guy going, "It's a goddamn shit monster." I don't know why that just. Yeah, I've been ha- I've even had that in my head today. It's a goddamn shit monster, and I skipped right over it. <laughs> and there's another chick who's like, Sheriff Duncan was right. Like it's it's a redemption moment, and yeah, I just I just glossed right over it. I'm sorry, I failed you as a trusty narrator, and I I won't let it happen again. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, there's even close-ups of a handmade fly puppet they made chomping down on the rapidly decaying shit monster. They made like this big fly and it's like eating the shit. It looks good. I mean, it looks real and not real. It, does. it looks evil, dead, old school, 80s puppetry and practical effects real. And I appreciate those touches. Y'all know I give an A for effort. Certainly give yourself an A for effort. <laughs> well, it doesn't take long for the lethal combination of Pepto-Bismol and flies to cause the monster to crumble into little pieces and die. Am I the only one that wanted somebody to call out while it was dying halfway through for a courtesy flush? <laughs> oh, Jesus. What the? Can we get a courtesy flush as he's like halfway melted? That would have been awesome. Oh, Nothing no, would have redeemed this at all, but if one of them finally just kind of David Caruso just pulled their sunglasses off and just went, looks like the shit hit the fan. How did they not use that one, Doctor? That's a oh, great like one. That one. Gee, I don't know. How did they not do that? <laughs> hey, as an executive producer on Mega Queef versus Octobarf, I'm going to get that line in there, pal. <laughs> I mean, you do don't it make, make promises to me. Well, it makes no like sense. I said, I'm joining Doctors Without Borders. It makes but. no sense in that there's no monster in Octobarf versus Megaqueef, but I'll, I'll find a way. I'll find a way. Let's bring sense into it at this juncture. We cut away from our triumphant heroes back to the little girl narrator in her bed as she ends her story by telling her father that Hollywood wound up buying the rights to the monstered story and made a $100,000 movie out of it. She screams her head off from the horror of it all. Not the monster, but the Hollywood movie. And that's the end. Hey, Ted, if they ever remake Monster, you could totally play Professor Downing, the pipe-smoking, cigar-chomping entomologist with that ponytail. You could totally rock Professor Downing. The way my life is going, I, I agree with you. I, I, would, I gave you something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, I would rock that role. Uh, the, the, that, that is the end. Uh, this is truly one of those instances where I have to insist that you sit through the end credits simply because the end song, number two, the ballad of Monsterd, is totally worth it. Number two, number two. He does what he does, what he does. He smells like poo, smells like poo. Dude, it's a great end theme song. I love end theme songs that actually bring the movie into it. Come on, that was great. I enjoyed it more when you sang it to me earlier this afternoon on the phone. 
Uh, I, was, I was a lot drunker then. Uh, <laughs> could have something to do with it. Um, when I heard it, I, I just wanted the thing to be over with. So I sat there and listened to the theme song, but I just wanted it to be over with. So I don't think I got the enjoyment out of it. I, I enjoyed well, you singing it earlier. Folks, but, trust me, it's it's really fucking good. Uh, French composer. I, I heard it. I listened to it. French composer Philippe Larue says that every great memorable piece of music needs that one moment of madness. And I'm not going to give this movie uh, that credential. It didn't have that one moment of madness for me to uh, satisfy Philippe Larue's qualifications. But, uh, man, I don't know what got into me after our last episode. I, I watch a lot of fucking horror movies and I just, well, one, I I've had this goddamn porcelain cigar sitting there forever. And I saw monster, the doctor and I've been wanting to see this movie for so long. And I was like, once I watched it, I was like, you know what? I don't want to watch this for not. I'm going to actually turn this into something productive. We're going to do a show on this. And sound uh, like you're owning it. I'm not, I'm not owning it. Uh, but I, I I think we had fun with it. I think we had a shitload of fun. We did indeed. Hell yeah. We did we never do monster movies during our, our drunken march to Halloween. We did a monster movie tonight. A shit monster. A shit monster. There were other monster movies that we could have done. Uh so all I'm going to say is I'm going to own my responsibility. Well, I, I don't, we're making fun of Urban Meyer and his own it phrase. Cause I really don't understand the meaning of it at all. As Cade said, when you've made a mistake, you don't want to own it. You want to forget about it, move on with your life. Uh, <laughs> I don't own shit. I just forget about it. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to keep talking about it, that's on you. I forgot about it. I'll, 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 I'll admit that, you know, I didn't have to watch Monstered. So I'm culpable for watching it myself. Um, the only reason that I watch the movie is because every other Wednesday I enjoy spending time with you guys at the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. There's going to be those one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Is it, it, it was you're saying it was a piece of shit? It, it, this was a total steaming pile of shit. Uh, I thought number it was two, awful. Number two, number two, number two, number two, number two, number two, number two smells like doo doo. Uh, in retrospect, that's probably the best thing about it. Um, I appreciate that Cade, uh, as a as a filmmaker, um, defended with some legitimacy some of the production aspects of it. It's just, it's just. Man, boys, it's hard to make a fucking movie. Um, no matter what wait, that is, hey, it is hard. Hey, hey, hang on one second. Oh, boy. Because here it goes. I've actually thought about what my reply would be at this moment. Tut, what did you think? What's your, what's your uh, take on this movie? And I agree with you. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I don't know if I'm ever going to get that time. I'm not, I'm not, I'm never going to get that time back. And that's, that's on me. But saying that there is something there in this movie. It's 
told from the perspective of a little kid telling a horror movie. What do little kids do? What do little kids think's funny? And to me, that made it a little bit endearing. I think I know how hard movies are to make, and I think that they that little kid narrator was on screen for less than two minutes. But it, it, it to me that was the only thing worthwhile that made this thing worthwhile is that it gave it a little bit of a heart. This movie did have a little bit of a heart to it. And as much as I want to shit on this movie all out, I have to agree. There's been better movies that lacked any sense of heart. And this movie at least had heart to it. They were having fun. It's not all, I mean, I'm, I'm just not all into the potty humor. It's fun for five minutes. And after that, I can't get into it. But you could tell as a low budget film, everyone was on board. They all understood what they were on board for. They had fun. But they actually, a lot of these movies, yeah, we get together, we have fun, we make a piece of shit that goes on Amazon Prime, and that's all. They actually put some craft into the monster, into the kills. They They they, gave a shit. They gave a shit. They gave a shit. And I I have to respect that. I have to respect that. I do actually like this movie because, I mean, if nothing else, hey, Let's make a movie to where, what are they going to say? It's shit? Yes, exactly. That's what we want. They literally pulled out everything on this. Low budget, you bet. But the effects, we already said, they look good. I mean, I have seen much worse. Yes. I effect for films. Boys. And they're trying to do this. And they're it's taking still, it really seriously. They're taking it seriously, but they have the worst effects. This movie, on the other hand, is how can you take it seriously? But in terms of practical effects for what budget they do have, it's really good. And honestly, the story is halfway coherent. <laughs> it is. It's it's the logic guys, of what they did. And guys, it's, I'm that's saying this. Bar now. I'm saying this as someone who vets five or six horror movies a week for us to consider. And so many of them have nothing that monster has to offer. Trust me. It, 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 uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of, it's, it's squeezed out its own little place in my heart. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm looking forward to next week. <laughs> our our final our final show in two weeks, folks, uh, should be a, a a doozy and a big departure from Monster. I don't think we're going to see Michael Myers squeezing out any fucking uh, turds. That would be revolutionary if we actually get to see Michael Myers take a dump. At this point, uh, who knows? At this point, who knows? Uh, the goal is the idea is in two weeks we will uh, rejoin to discuss. The latest, our final film in the March to Halloween will be the latest Halloween film, Halloween Kills. Um, that is the goal. If we don't accomplish that, we'll shift gears and do something else. But uh, obviously, we did uh, a horror comedy to start things off with Girls with Balls. We did Black Roses, a classic 80s heavy metal horror film. Uh, this year has been a little different. We went monster heavy. Tonight, we did a big poop monster 
And then uh, we're going to end it on a brand new uh, slasher flick, Halloween Kills. That's the, the things could change, but that's the idea. So I hope you uh, stick with us. I hope you had fun tonight. Uh, hey, no matter what the hell the movie is, we I, I had fun. I hope you boys had fun. But always uh, have fun with you. I would never have dragged you boys into this shit fest if we weren't going to. If I, I knew we were going to have fun. I knew we were going to have fun. Um, and I think we did. So uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, tagging along through this episode. Uh, I hope you had a good time. Tut, before we cut these good people loose, why don't you give us some links? Some stinky, steamy, <clears throat> sticky links. Here's the steamy pile of links for you. Uh, you can join us on Instagram at TNCC underscore podcast. Uh, join us on Facebook, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Uh, you can subscribe to us on YouTube at Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Uh, like I said, if you want to buy the porcelain or any of the other Blackwork cigars or any of the cigars that you see on the show, uh, hit up the Tuesday Night Cigar Club website and click on the Famous Smoke Shop banner and then click uh, Do Your Shopping There and you'll get a $20 off uh, TNCC promo code if you do uh, was a purchase of $100 or more. Yeah, there you go. That's a pretty good link. It's a great link. Uh, okay, folks, we'll see you in two weeks. Um, the porcelain cigar, a really uh, nice, stronger Connecticut offering. If you're looking for a, a Connecticut, a good uh, man, it would be a really cool morning cigar. If you want a little bit of kick, a little bit of spice, a little bit of uh, strength with your coffee in the morning. Uh, nothing revolutionary, but a nice addition to the black label line. Tut, you hated your uh, terrible Count Chocula Stout Chocula beer. Just terrible. Just terrible. Doctor, you were indifferent to your uh, Texas toast. I'd actually say, uh, with uh, apologies to the good people at Revolver Brewing, that I, I wouldn't recommend it. He's going to go further. He's not only going to. He, he doesn't like it. Uh, Yak Boy, you liked your beer? I did very much. The Hella Hopped from Tups was pretty good. And the Evil Dankster from Tups was phenomenal. I'm still drinking them. Uh, and I, 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 it went great with the cigar. It went great with my second cigar. It's a, it's a really great middle-of-the-road IPA. Some real nice hop presence and uh, a really smooth profile. So uh, I have had that before, actually. Not on the show, obviously, but uh, the Dankster. Evil Dankster? Yeah. yeah evil Dankster. It's good stuff. That's a good one. Uh, so thumbs up to the Tup Spears, thumbs down to the non-Tup Spears. Three thumbs up to the uh, Porcelain from Black Label, mm-hmm. especially at that price point. We all kind of dig that. And we will see you folks again in two weeks uh, to conclude our seventh annual drunken, spooktacular march to Halloween and boorific boozathon or some sloppy shit like that. In the meantime, in the meantime, wear your goggles. Everyone wear your goggles. We're pro-goggle. Pro-goggle. And not just you. Put your kid in goggles. All the kids need to be in goggles. You need to be wearing goggles. It's not a a front to your liberty. It's just helping us all be safe. Wear your goddamn goggles. Speaking of liberty, may the wings of liberty never lose a feather. We'll see you then. Give it to me. Give it to me. We'll see you soon. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Good night.
Number two, number two. I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew what I was getting into tonight, but I had a feeling it would be a memorable, epic fuck, fucking episode. And I guarantee you, if you go back a year from now and watch this, it is going to be epic. Nope. Oh, the, the show, our show. You mean. Yes. Yes. Okay. I thought you were like, go back and watch Monster in a year. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. no. I, I would never ask you to watch this again. No, dude, I guarantee you this film, this episode is going to be. I, tre- I always treasure the time that we spend together on our shows. This is going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Having said that, I look much more forward to Halloween Kills. <laughs> <laughs> you piece of shit. Right. Uh, that was fun. I knew it would be. We, I, I, I think it was. It hit all the right notes. I felt good about that. I love how I just discard 8,000 typed words like, I never want to see you again. Don't blame you. It's like one-tenth of a book I just tossed over there. Just, man. You know, folks, believe it or not, I once wrestled with an actual monster back in the day. The year was 1983, and one afternoon I found myself in the bathroom of a Burger Chef restaurant in Celeryville, Ohio. What the fuck was I doing in Celeryville? It doesn't matter, and frankly, it's none of your business. What does matter is that young Keith went in there with the simple expectation of a quick, harmless dump. And what resulted, well, it's still talked about in hushed whispers around the campfire every Halloween, and... Any camp you can name around Celeryville, Ohio, let's just say that. You know, perhaps if I had eaten more celery and leafy greens, the monster wouldn't have come for me, his creator. But I was at a burger chef, and celery wasn't on the menu, obviously. Anywho, when I went to zip up my seriously bossed Jordache jeans, I was suddenly grabbed by the ginormous, smelly beast and we proceeded to battle it out for what seemed like an eternity until your boy finally flushed that eight-foot-long mean bastard all the way down that porcelain highway to hell. And that is the day, boys and ghouls, that I realized exactly why ducks have feathers. To cover their butt quacks. Be safe out there, everybody. Oh, yeah. And... To learn more about the cigars enjoyed on tonight's episode, please visit ovejanegracigars.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'Brien'sTemple.com and download their free smartphone app, where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. <laughs> <laughs>